The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. All day. I always threaten. I always threaten to move the fuck out of L.A. But the problem is, I know too many cool motherfuckers that live in L.A. <laughs> I, I, I moved are, out of L.A. Problem. I still make it work. Yeah, but you do, but you don't. I mean, you could drive here. It's yeah, not, it's not far. I mean, yeah. I don't live here either. Yeah. But the you know the thing about living we in live in Southern the greater California, L.A. area. So, yeah, yeah. The Southern California area is that you know you and I can ex- exchange text messages. Hey, what are you doing, man? What are you doing Tuesday? Let's do it. What's till Monday? Boom. Bam. You come in and that's it. It's on. It's on. I mean, that's it. All came. Somebody on Twitter was like, "When are you gonna be back on?" I was like, "You know what, Joe? I'm about to leave town. <laughs> What's up?" Well, you just got back, right? You did. Were you on the road for a while? Yeah, I've been back. You know, I've spent you know Christmas with the fam and been home pretty much since. A little spot date here and there. I leave for Australia Saturday. Australia. You know, go there for a couple of weeks. Uh, you can find all them dates on on the, the Twitter. Where are you stopping? Where, where are you going first? Uh, we do a couple nights in uh, uh, Sydney, and then we move on to like Brisbane, Melbourne. Few other places, and then we wind up in Sydney again. I, you know, we, I got a couple like multiple night gigs in a few towns. Wow, I got to get out there and it's do the acoustic that again. stuff. You know, more Rogan. You know, aftershocks. All that kind of. I was just telling my boy today, man. It's like again. I know I've said it on here before, but it's, I never did the acoustic thing as like uh, other than going in a radio station and promoting a record. Okay, we'll come to an acoustic version. Right. When I started doing it here is when it like you know what this could be an interesting show. This could be an interesting. <laughs> You know, time for me and the audience, and it's it's I've been it's, that's all I've been doing for the last like year and a half. It's just a different vibe, you know. It's a cool vibe. There's something about acoustic. I, Shows I really off the like songs acoustic. too for me. You know, yeah. what I mean a lot better. Well, is it? You know, it's a complete. It's more. is not always better. You know, more shit in the background, more drums, more. Sometimes a song could be insanely profound with just a little bit of guitar and a and a voice. You know, damn Joe, you want to produce my next record? Ah, man, I'll just promote, dude. I'll help you on here. I just because I love that's a beautiful thought, right? (laughs) But you know what I mean? I think that there's a lot. You know, like you ever listen to a a song and you go, "Well, they didn't need that electronic bullshit in the background. This song could have been fine without all that stuff." Occasionally. I mean, I don't really listen to a lot of new music anymore unless it gets somewhere where it pops on my radar. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't dig for, like, what's new, what's happening. Mostly what I listen to is old. Mm. So it's harder to look through that old classic stuff and yeah. be like, they shouldn't have done that. I, well, I <laughs> yeah, feel you. But occasionally I'll hear something on the radio and be like, man, that's a really good song. I wish they wouldn't have done this part. Right. Or something, you know what I mean? But you know what? There's some albums that have, they're, they're so intricate and there's so much going on, but yet it's perfect. Like Zeppelin. Like think of like Zeppelin three. Think of, think of like whole lot of love. Think of like that song. Yeah, I mean, and it, it really isn't that much going on though, as you think. I mean, they only had sixteen tracks. Well, they have yeah. a whole two minutes of fuck sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like going over the top, which is yeah, crazy. with symbols yeah, in the you. background, and uh, I mean yeah, they yeah. they added a bunch of stuff to their music. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like a, as far as the actual song, the yeah, actual they actually did part. all that though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so, you know, so it's and they re you know they re- replicated it. Sometimes I think like cats overproduce their records to the point where they can't recreate them. You know, like um. Like I'm a huge Chris Cornell fan. Like mm-hmm. you know Soundgarden and Chris Cornell. Like, right. Like occasionally he would make a record and he'd make it so beautiful with the voices and all the extra production of singing on top of his voice and compliment. You know all these. Yeah. Nobody could sound like him, so it's like hard for you to go out and emulate your voice. Yeah, it got real. And confusing. the production you did. You know what I mean? I, it, when it's raw, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? But sometimes, like uh, I remember, like especially that one. Uh, uh, like the last, this big supernova record with like Black Hole Sun, they were beautiful right. songs, but like live, it was like you missed a lot of that extra um, pomp and circumstance right. of the song, you know what I mean? So it's just sometimes I think that's that's what when you 
and especially when I'm making a record, that's like where you, when do you stop? That's really kind of, yeah. and the acoustic stuff eliminates all that. I wrote the songs acoustically, so it was just like, do them how you wrote them, you know? And, and that, so there's that line of when you go too far. It's like that line, and what's that? There's that movie with the Will Smith, his first movie, where the guy had the paintings and stuff, and he was had this dream about all the kids writing, making these beautiful, masterful paintings and he asked the teacher how do you teach them they're all painting rembrandts and matisse's and this and she said i just know when to take them away from them you know what i mean and that's kind of what a producer is in the in the music studio is like right. knowing what's not there sometimes but always knowing when to stop oh no this is done that's finished or we need to take some of that away and there it is kind of thing yeah i would think that that would get real tricky man i would think that would get real tricky especially when there's more than one vision like you got a producer who comes in and they have an idea and you have an idea and maybe the guitarist has an idea and this guy has an idea well luckily my i'm the only writer and and stuff and my stuff most of the time i mean i i have cats that write with me occasionally but they're my songs and i'm Mm -hmm. doing them but like for me a producer's always been an adversarial relationship it has to be it has to be for me. Really? I, I want a producer, because I, I, I didn't have one on the last record, because I finally am to the point where I can challenge myself. Uh-huh. I, need, I always needed that guy where I would, you know, oh, that's good enough. No, it's not. And now it's like I got to that oh. point where it's like I can tell myself when it's not good enough and keep going. Like I, I'll do the 20 takes instead of five. I'll do the, you know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. gotten that formula. But that was always what a, a producer did for me from when it started with, you know, my first producer, a guy named Bilal Bashir. It, it was always kind of like that wasn't good enough. That was the guy there in the room to make you better. Right. You know what I mean? And for me, the only way you probably got that result out of me was kind of to challenge me or charge me up a little bit. You know what I mean? You, you suck. That's like Muggs, Muggs used to be the straight guy to like get punch in the butt, stop you while you're doing it, punch the button, and be like, yo, that really sucks, man. Do it again. <laughs> Like, and you just be like sitting there, like, "Wow, man! Fuck. All right, cool. All right, you know." And you shake it off and you do it again. But it makes for it, it toughens you up in the studio, which you need to be in the studio. You can't be some, you know. You're the best things always happen when if you get through a whole record and nobody's challenged your ideas, you didn't make the best record you could make. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if you go and work out and and you don't have that buddy there that pushes you to do those extra two. Okay, you know you're not you're gonna walk away and you might not have done as many as you could have. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I think there's a there's a parallel with comedy too. I'm sure there is. Yeah, it's it's the audience though. Is that other guy? You need that audience. If the audience isn't there, you could write a bunch of shit and go, "This stuff is this is the bomb. This bit the bomb." I mean, you, you could do that, right. and you could even but you shape it, it in front of an audience. Yeah, you, you take it out and you oh that, oh, that part it's there, but it's like yeah. I got to shave the end off of that. The audience is almost your producer a little bit. They are a producer because like you you go on stage like you can go on stage like. I've seen you like for the for, do a new song that you just recently did, and it's already really great. It's already there. That's not possible with comedy. It's not possible. There'll be sparks, and then there'll be dead spots, and then it all needs to be worked out. Like every bit I've ever done has at least a dead spot somewhere that I have to chop out. Like you find these areas where they don't get enough blood. Like it is when you cut it out and you pull it away and throw it away. I feel. I feel, I feel like with music though, if you could do a way, you could. Your music is like more of a representation of you. Like it's all like very little, but comedy has like influence and influence not just like of other comics, but I mean influence of the audience. Like knowing that they have a different sense of humor than you or that they have a different mind and you have to introduce the ideas to them. It's like, uh, it's without them. Like you you really. It's it's a combination of you and them. 
It really is. You could do a whole song by yourself. It's like when I hear your songs, they're, they're Everlast songs. You know what I mean? Like I hear you. Knowing you as a person, I hear you through right. your songs. That's a fascinating aspect of it, man. It's like Yeah, but at the same time, what you're hoping for when you write that song is what I like to call what I like to shoot for is what I call the highest common denominator, you know, and not the lowest common denominator. Like the thing that we're all gonna sit in here and go like, God damn, man, me too. How the fuck did he know that about me? <laughs> how, no way did how could he oh, him whoa, man, me too. That's really what you're going for when you write a song. When right. you write a joke, you're make, they're laughing because they all have thought that same fucked up thought or funny yep. thought or something too. And like they just now they're in on the club and you're all in together you know what i mean and it's the same thing it's just i have to do all that editing and those dead spots i have to find them myself i don't yeah. i don't really have the benefit of like going to like down the block and and, and there probably is a place i could do it but it just aesthetically doesn't work quite the same right like here let me deliver this song and get some feedback it's different a joke yeah. is like about a laugh or an energy in the room right at that moment and if you didn't get it you're not there and you know a song can i can build into it and i can know if for me it's can i make myself cry or can i impress myself with what's going on and do i can i sit through it right right if i could sit through it because i got a short attention span man you <laughs> know what i mean and if it can keep my attention long enough for then I, then it's quality to me well, and feedback, too, is very different for music than it is for comedy. Because with comedy, they say it's not funny. Like, that's sort of, it's funny or it's not funny. But with music, it's like, you could, like, I could think something is fucking terrible, but it's somebody else's favorite shit ever. Like, to them, they're like, oh, like, hits their soul. And I can be like, oh, fucking Christ. And I guess that exists with comedy, too. But the word, the way people describe it, it's always funny or not funny. Like, oh, that wasn't funny. That wasn't funny. Like, I thought it was hilarious. No, that wasn't funny. But would someone come up to you and describe your shit, like, to tell you what they like and don't like about your song, it's like, that's completely a matter of taste. Like, you yeah. can't even say funny or not funny. Yeah. It's totally subjective taste. Completely. So you can't get feedback from anybody else. Yeah. You know, wow. some heavy metal guy just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> some fucking Pantera dude. Uh, just fucking the weirdest coming thing up is to you. Though, Bro, you need to fucking bang. I know you can bang. I know you can headbang. The weirdest thing, though, is, man, the audience I have is so bizarre because that guy will be there. There will be a guy there, a Pantera <laughs> guy. There'll be a guy there. With, I, there was a, last summer, uh, in, in I did you know an acoustic run, of, and I did a, wound up doing a few festivals. I show up at one. And I shit you not, Joe Rogan, it's called Devil Slide <laughs> or, or Devil Side, Devil Side Festival. It is nothing but the hardest, like, <laughs> I'm sitting backstage with me and Brian, the guy who came with me last time, keyboard player, and we're like, what the fuck, man? This is what? <laughs> Just why am I here? I don't even fucking get it, man. We're like freaking out. We're like, yo, they're going to fucking kill us, man. They're going to kill us. I call my manager. I'm cursing him to high fucking heaven, dude. Like, you motherfucker, you don't even look where you're booking me, do you? You just see a check number and you take it. And you, you don't even ask where. You just say, yeah, we'll do it, huh? I was like, listen to where I am. And I'm putting the phone up. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's band after band of it, man. I'm, I'm actually get to the point where it's like I just start embracing that funniness of it. And I tell the promoters, all right, there's some things missing from my rider. And they're like, what? I'm like, I need a satanic Bible and a bucket of goat's blood right now. <laughs> I was like, we need to make a sacrifice before we go out there because we're about to get killed. And it was, it was the craziest Is shit. Is Brian? Yeah. Are you pulling it up? So uh, 
I fucking, we're, I tell my boy, and it wasn't Brian actually, it was my boy Derek. We were both playing two guitars. So uh, we go, I go, and I just tell him when we go out there, I was like, first thing to get thrown, first anything, we're fucking up. I'm out of there, and if fucking if someone jumps on stage, you just hit him with the guitar, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like dead ass. I'm saying this dead seriously. Like, dude, right. we're about to get killed. Right. So this band that went on before us, it was like the bread that gets buttered with bread or something. It was that's literally it was some crazy name like that on the the bread that gets buttered or the butter on the bread or something like that. And it was the most hardest, like craziest <laughs> sound. Craziest. <laughs> 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 and it was that ends. It ends and the and the lights and and this is the middle of the day, by the way, too. This is like four o'clock, maybe five o'clock. We're like, oh man, Jesus, come on. The whole house clears. So, like, all of a sudden, I'm having a little bit of hope. Like, okay, maybe nobody will just be in here for our set. Maybe they all just were like, that? No, we're going to go get a beer. So they're changing over the set, and it comes our turn, and I'm like, the crowd starts coming back in. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be ugly. Go out there, and we start playing our guitars. And next thing I know, I see all of these Pantera and crazy metal dudes, and they got chicks with them now. It's not a pit. (laughs) There's not a pit. There's not a pit. There's not a pit. There's all these dudes with their broads, and they're holding their broads, and they're listening, and they're... And it goes over like fucking gangbusters. That's dude. amazing. I was like, we and we we literally got off stage dumb. We didn't say words to each other. We got in our van. We didn't even set up merch at this place because we were like, nobody cares we're here. We sold like a, probably a, a box of merch just out the back of the van with people catching us because we were just and me and me and Bro, no, Derek were sitting in the back of the van just like, did that just happen, man? That was. That was one of the craziest gigs I've ever done in my life. That's fascinating that they just changed gears like that for it was, you. And it was no other thing like that. It, it, was the, it, was, it was, I never, I was just blown away about how it went. And, and the way it went over, I was like, wow, dude, that was crazy. <laughs> they really dug it. That's a cool story. That must have been a cool experience. Yeah, so my audience is crazy. There'll be an old lady. There'll be, like, <laughs> kids. There'll be, you know, the House of Pain, you know, uh, roughneck hooligan guys still hanging on for that to come back. You know, well, you, 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 you still do. You still do an acoustic version of uh, Jump Around. Uh, it's if it's if the energy's in the air, yeah. So the audience, they, they, I mean, that's got to be something yeah. they ask for, right? They don't have to ask for it. They have to deserve it. Uh, you you must have loved it when Marcus Davis used to come out to that shit. Oh yeah. God damn. That's I a think great Dana though that. told me he kind of. Push that into position, like, like. Oh, really? Not that dude resisted. <clears throat> I think he had that for you know. I had the two things, like the like the beginning of the uh, of that movie, the Boon, uh, Boondock, Boondock Saints. Saints. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was like the intro of his thing, and then and then like I think that was just his intro, and then Dana said you should put in jump around. I believe that's either that or in a drunken party mode. Dana, well, Dana I, took credit for it. <laughs> I think it probably was. Uh, quite honestly, I think it was Dana because I know he keeps people from changing the songs. Like he wants, like Uriah Faber comes out to California Love every right. time, yeah, yeah. you know, and he wants to keep it that way. Like going back to Cali, he tried to come back to come going back to Cali once with LL Cool J, and Danny was like, "No fucking way, you got to go with California Love." Pe- the people expect that. It is true. Like I feel Uriah because I feel like a fighter should be able to change his his walking music. But when I hear California Love, you know what's happening, and it comes out. Yeah, there's something pretty badass about that. But a guy should be able to. There's a couple shit guys up. like when they let those Brazilian, like you know, uh, uh, like uh, Vandalay. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Yeah. We got to change up that music. That's that man. pride <laughs> music, though. I hear you, but that that pride, that electronica. I'm like, whoa. I don't like it. I don't like it. The my my favorite. Who was the time Asian dude Hughes. that used to come out like in dresses and shit in Pride? Oh well, there's a guy who used to come out in in crazy dresses in K1, the kickboxer dude. Uni, you, Moto? Also, maybe that's he, what I'm he thinking. Did UFC of. Yeah. also though, but he didn't come out. 
Based oh, on, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about Gono. Gono, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gono that used to, uh, yeah, he used to dress up in a bunch of crazy. Well, there's been a bunch of different guys from Japan that dressed up in wild ways, try to try to get people's <laughs> attention. I wish yeah. that the UFC let them do that. Greatest walk in music, though, in my opinion, is Matt Hughes. Country Boy Can Survive. Yeah. That was his for, song. Yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect song. For him, it's the perfect song. And there was just something about his stoic demeanor as he walked towards the cage that that song would come on. That's a good one. That's a good That's one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But one time, I think Randy Couture came out to Jimi Hendrix doing a Star Spangled Banner. That might have been the all-time greatest. You know? Captain America comes out to Hendrix doing a Star Spangled Star Banner. It was one of those. Yeah. There's been... Um, what would your song be, Joe, if you had to choose one? Christina Aguilera, Beautiful. That's what I was going to come out to if I fought Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Was it, you were going to fight Wesley Snipes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to come out to... It's Christina Aguilera. You used to have that as your ring... Remember when you had that as your ringtone <laughs> yes. all the time? When was, was it? was the same time. It was like, I, look, I wouldn't want to come out to some... Um, How long ago was this? It was a few years back. Yeah. Before Someone he went to him. jail. Before he went to jail? Yeah, there was um, the, this promoter who may be on Wednesday. We're seeing if we can work him out on the podcast on Wednesday. He was the guy who originally started uh, the UFC. His name is Camel McLaren. And uh, he is the guy who hired me to do the post-fight interviews of the, like in 1997 when I first started working for them. And Campbell called me up one day told me that uh, he uh, had a proposition for me. And he asked me if I wanted to fight Wesley Snipes on pay-per-view. <laughs> and uh, they offered me a crazy amount of money. And I said, fuck yeah. I'll so it wasn't the beef or anything? Dude. It was no. just you were going to fight? Not at all. That's awesome. If I could get away with not hurting him, I would not hurt him. I'd just grab a hold of him and strangle him. That was the plan. The plan was to get the clinch. Was, did he have any arts? I don't, well, yeah, he, he's definitely really good at karate. He's yeah. definitely a really good kickboxer. But as far as I know, he didn't have any competition experience in his life. I don't think he ever fought. Probably could fight. I mean, he might have kicked my ass. Who knows? So it didn't come to fruition. No, Why? No, he, had, he, he needed a lot of money for taxes. He was in a lot of trouble. It was it was never like when he bad watched feelings. he watched a couple YouTube videos that you just tap cats out. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't help. Or maybe he rolled with somebody. If you've never rolled with somebody, you're trying like back then I was a brown belt, but the the difference between someone who's been doing jiu-jitsu for 10 years and someone who just tries it out for the first time, it feels like such an unsurmountable chasm that if he did just start it, he'd be like, "Oh fuck this. This is ridiculous. You can't, you can't just do it." And there's guys, I mean, I've been doing it for 15 years. There's guys that I roll with still to this day that just fucking strangle me, just run right through me, and ragdoll you. And you realize, well, if I had to fight one of these guys, you're fucked. Like there's certain guys you're not going to be able to hold off. And if you're a guy who's in his 40s and you just learned to jiu-jitsu like I think Wesley was, that's, you know, you don't want to do that. I was talking to you about that earlier. I was like, I ain't going to lie to myself. <laughs> well, gotta, I know who could kick my ass and who can't. <laughs> you got a healthy mind. You got to have a healthy mind. People get crazy. I can't tell you how many people have tried to convince me that they're different. Some dudes that have this, they have this, talk about their mentality. You know, they talk about their mindset. They want to, like, mad dog you and tell you how much different they are. One dude, I talked to this dude for over an hour. It was in, in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And this motherfucker, all I understand that he said was, how to fight any man. That's the only words I understood. How to fight fucking chocolate hell? You think I'm afraid of chocolate hell? How to fight any man? I'll tell you right. There's no quitting me. And he was just going on and on and on. And it's barely understandable. Like every three or four words, you'd be absolutely sure what he said. 
every other word was just subject to guesswork yeah, it's and tough. you you had to calculate like what could he have meant there what the fuck is that and then while you're calculating he's on to the next thing I find anyone because they fucking fucking talking fast fucking chocolate other things are gonna get in front of me I got a bite in my hand you think I want to take some fucking shit from him eh? <laughs> and they think that they they I have think it all I met in their that head. guy dude they think they got it all in their head in their head they're just different. In their head, they're just so strong. They're so in that pint, determined. They're different too. Is that too? You don't know. Chuck Liddell would put his fucking knuckles through your soul. He will literally hit you in Chuck a way. Chuck Liddell, when he's nice, is scary. Yeah, he's always scary. You know what I mean? I've but, hung out with him many times, like, and just been like, man, any minute you you could, if you wanted to, <laughs> you could just beat up anybody in this room. I watched that guy during his prime from like ten feet away. Fight the baddest motherfuckers in the UFC. Those were some because that dude. Like I don't. I do not think that Chuck Liddell is the greatest fighter of all time. I think he's one of the all-time greats for sure. But for me, he was always the most exciting. No one was more exciting. Every fight was chaos. Every fight was Chuck Liddell waiting forward and just throwing missiles. And sometimes he lost, and sometimes he won. But that motherfucker went out on his shield to his very Lived last and died fight. died by, by his sword. His know? last fight against Rich Franklin. He got knocked out because he was coming after Franklin because he thought he had him hurt. He just couldn't back off. He couldn't back off. He was just so crazy. And so people tell him, I don't fucking care. He's never met me. He's never met me. He doesn't know what I've fucking gone through in my life. I'll tell you what, I'll fucking fight any man. I'll fight any man, any man. I you swear I met that guy. You dude. put him in front of me. But for me, they want to convince me. And I'm like, okay, I'll believe you. Is he looking for a shot? Is no, he looking for a... he's just drunk. <laughs> he's drunk and trying to convince me that he's not a, a victim. And all, you, all he could think of is just like, what would happen like if that guy actually did get his fight? Okay, I'm going to give you $1,000. We fight him right now. How do I can fight him? Come through this door. You open the door. No one had any idea. No one told him. We're just at a bar. That would be a great reality show. A reality show that's connected to a bar, and there's a door to the bar that only opens up from the bar, and only I can open it because I have a key, a key. And I find the drunkest, stupidest asshole that wants to talk to me about a fucking fight. I'll tell you what, bro. Fucking fucking fight this fucking caveful ass really, cast dude I so want to see this show now Yo, dude I've been around Mexicans man I know fucking I know how to kick Mexicans asses <laughs> and then they go if I gave you a thousand dollars right now you'd fight caveful ass fuck yeah bitch I ain't scared of no one write, in, write it down right there I'll give you a thousand dollars right now oh yeah we're gonna fight him I got a thousand dollars for you dude right now oh no I'll write that okay come to this door like the guy has no idea. You open up the door. There's eight thousand people in a small arena, and Cain Velasquez <laughs> is sweaty and bouncing up Ready and down go. in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> <laughs> and just just start pushing the drunk guy towards the cage. What? What the fuck, man? Am I on acid? What's going on here, man? Is this a dream, dude? Am I dead? Is this heaven? What the fuck happened, bro? I want to see that show. I'll fight any man. I'll find that guy. It doesn't even have to be 8,000 people. It's just no. Cain Velasquez. The, the, it isn't even about the fight. Right. The show is about the reaction to that guy yeah. seeing the guy he wants to. He was said he would fight yeah. in the room, right? It might there. even be darker if it was just Cain and him. Yeah, yeah. Like no one, Cain and him room. and cameraman. That's it. Yeah. And just thunderous beatings. <laughs> thunderous beatings from a guy who never gets tired. There's some shit. Like, I had War Machine on the podcast. We were talking about genetics. And War Machine was talking about how, like, there's a reality of fighting 
Like, like you only can get so good. You only have like a genetic potential. And some dudes have genetic potential, like to be champion, like John Jones or Chris Weidman or what have you. Yes, sir. They have that genetic potential. But there's other dudes that just know they're never going to get there. No matter what they do, no matter how hard they work, they're never going to get there. They're never going to get there. And if you don't accept that shit, if you don't figure that shit out, you're going to take some beatings along the way. And a guy like me or a guy like any fucking normal person, like, that doesn't have, like, phenomenal genetics, you're never going to be able to keep up with that motherfucker. Cain Velasquez has, like, a, a triple-sized heart or some shit and, like, three times the size of a normal lung. Like, when you look at the capacity of his endurance, it's insanity. It's totally natural. According to his trainers, I'm just making up the three times the size. It's, he's built normal. But his capacity for endurance, like his VO2 max, is insane. It's like a super triathlon, like one of those um, um, uh, ultra marathon runners or triathlon um, Ironman guys. Like that's what kind of heartbeat this guy's got as a fucking heavyweight. So as a 240-pound man, he just goes, just goes, runs down everybody. Like no one can keep up with him. No one can keep that guy's pace. Who's he fighting next? Well, he's got so- shoulder surgery coming up okay. or, or recovery from it coming up. He's uh, he tore it in the uh, somewhere during the Junior Dos Santos fight. Th- that's when I talked to like Bob Cook, his manager's like he could take a month off, comes back, he still outwork everybody. It's like it's just he just has crazy natural endurance. There's just mm. some some people just have weird advantages over other people. Yeah, that last fight was almost not fun to watch. A little bit. It was unfun to watch. Yeah. You know, and Junior... Like, I'm saying something, because that man's no... You know, it's not like Junior Del Santos is a mighty powerful man himself. He's a beast. To see that get done to him twice. Yeah, in the same way. And, you know, to attribute the first one to Robdo, you know, which is they is what they call... Uh, there's a disease that happens when you work out too hard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of CrossFit people get it. Robdomyelosis or some shit like that. Um, they said that he was diagnosed with that after the fight, but my take is that that could have just been the fight itself, trying to keep up with Kane. I mean, they tested him after the fight. I mean, that uh, that was a fight for his life, that he was essentially losing for 25 minutes, and he had nothing left. The only thing that saved him in that fight was really the fact that he had one-minute breaks in between each round, because Kane didn't need those one-minute breaks. He could just keep going. Yeah. Just and you can't keep up with that guy. They Not still that, got Junior listed though as number one. Don't he's they? He's still number one in my opinion. He's still number one. Like, he just, knocks everybody else the fuck out. Do we do we want to see that fight again? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I want to give him. I want to give you. I think Junior Dos Santos is an undeniable champion. He's a champion. You know, he just he might not ever be able to beat Cain Velasquez, but I, I really don't feel like, like seeing guys that are like nice guys, especially a guy that you look at and you're like, that seems like a really nice guy. He is a very nice guy. <laughs> like. That was life-endangering, like you're saying, that yeah. beating. You know? I so. agree with you, but I want to see him try to figure it out. I want to see him try to figure it out. Look, the bottom line is he knocked Kane out cold in their first fight. That's, yeah. that's reality. He hit him with a haymaker, caught him, dropped him, finished him off. That was a legit first-round TKO for Junior. No, you, you can't say that he couldn't do that again because he True. could do that again. He didn't do that again in the next two fights. But a guy like that, because he's got that crazy power – and because he's got that mad, mad dog fucking confidence that he has, he really believes he's the baddest motherfucker on earth. He just got to put his fist Does on your chin. Does he believe that now, though? That's that's what that's no. one of the big talking points when they no, fought the second time. Was like after you take a beating like that, it's like gonna leave. Yeah, I don't think he believes it now, but I think he has another a new goal to work towards. 
You know, I don't know if he'll ever beat that guy, but I want to see him try, man. I want to see him try up until the point where it just looks like, okay, we got we to gotta stop this. Yeah. It's he, crazy, crazy He got time. so close to being stopped in that fight and kept going. He figured out a way to keep going. There was a couple times where Herb Dean was like moving in. He was moving in. You could tell he was thinking about stopping it, and then he, he let him go. Just heart, man. Yep. Heart. You couldn't pay me enough. Well, you know, they were trying to set up Junior and Alistair, but apparently Alistair Overeem's hurt, hurt his rib in his last fight. That would have been a crazy fight. I really want to see that. That would have been good. Yeah, Junior is... Uh, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. It, well, hopefully. You know, there's a lot of heavyweights, you know, that are that are coming up now, too. Travis Brown. But the thing is, the heavyweight division is, it's so hard to get that good, like, and to to be that good world class in any other organization is almost impossible. Like, there's, like, very little heavyweight competition in Bellator. There's a few pretty good guys. And other organizations, like, this, they not existent. But so by Who's the time this they fight African the guy I'm, I just started reading about that UFC is going to have come fight? Isn't he a heavyweight? This African heavyweight dude? He's a new guy, right? It's yeah. I just read something the other day about this, he's supposed to be a badass, too. Yeah. They all look like badasses until they get into the UFC, you know? Yeah. It's, well, uh, they, were, they were writing about him like he was, he you know, he might be a legit. Uh, he could be, man. He could be. Conti- uh, you know. I would imagine that heavyweights from Africa would probably be pretty fucking badass. <laughs> in order for your genes to survive in Africa and be that big, you're that yeah. big of a person, you're dealing with a pretty spectacular specimen. I forget, I forget the name of the dude. I saw it on one of those. Not a white guy, right? I don't think so. Because there's a white guy that's some badass heavyweight from Africa. Yeah, South African champ Ron Potts to a six-fight contract. That's a new one. That's a... That uh, one? Maybe that's the one I saw. He's a white dude. I believe, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a white dude. Bam, a white African. South African. It's different, right? They're Dutch people, basically, right? German, Dutch. Like the Antwerp. Is that Dutch? Yeah, they're... South African. South right, African. right, right. Yeah, and they speak that kind of... It almost sounds like they're Dutch, right? Yeah. That Afrikaan. Yeah, yeah. I think it is like a blend of Dutch and a little German. You got out that beautiful guitar, man. What is that thing called again? Um, Oh, the, the company that makes it is Larave. Larave? Yeah, they... Uh, I went up and met the guy, because I had one for years. That was my favorite guitar in the... God, went up and, uh, and met the guy, John Paul Larivay, and it's a total family operation. Like, he builds necks, his sons do the bodies, and his wife does all the inlay work. That inlay work yeah, is yeah. spectacular. This, they did this just for me with the shamrocks and all that. Is that yeah. abalone? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude. And this Brazilian rosewood, like, you can't even get it. He just had a stockpile of it from years ago. Like, you, they stopped. It was, like, illegal to import it after. Really? Like, yeah, maybe a decade ago. I have cues made out of that shit. Yeah, yeah. You're, you can't get it anymore. Really? Right? Yeah, no. Well, cues, you, when most of the time when you get a cue, that wood's, like, 20 years old. Like, a lot of, if a real good guy, like, yeah. like Gina Q or Showman or one of those guys, they take their wood and they age it forever. You want to make sure that all the moisture's out of it. Do they I mean, do that same kind of thing when they make guitars? I'm sure, because he just, like, when I went up and toured his factory, it's just all wood. Like, he mm. has a whole, way, like, he was like, I'm broke, because all I do is, whenever I get money, I go and I buy wood. Yeah. And it's like the legacy. Like, he had a stack of this stuff, and uh, the original one I had, it had cracked right here. The, the one I bought when I found it out in the world. And uh, I'd had it, it was my main guitar for 15 years. 
and it cracked up here and I brought it with me up there and he was looking at it and he was like, oh, where did you get this? And I was like, why? He's like, because it's Brazilian rosewood. He's like, I didn't make a lot of these. I was like, well, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I can fix this and all that. And as he was touring me around his factory, he got to the wood room and he was telling me about all the different kinds of woods and he got to the little area where he was like, I got 20-something sets left of this Brazilian rosewood. He's like, and he named some, I think, some, I want to say Brad Paisley or some famous like country musician like that that he just made one for. And I was like, well, you know what? Not for nothing. That one's so old and beat up. I would love to have another, you know what I mean? And he and he kind of just said, let's move on with the tour kind of thing. And I was like, oh, shit, he ain't never going to part with that wood. You know what I mean? That's Because you know, yeah, he just got done telling me how rare and hard it is. And you can't even get it no more. I was like, all right, it ain't going to happen. So he takes us on the tour of the whole place. And um, mind you, in like 97 or 98, I paid like five grand for the original guitar. Like in the market, so you know, I went up there and uh, you know, and uh, the whole tour ends, and I'm, I'm once again, so you know what, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm just gonna throw it out there one more time. I'm gonna be like, yo, I really would like to have one of those guitars, and he's like, I don't want to scare you, you know, it's gonna cost a lot of money. So I'm already thinking twenty five grand or something like that in my right. head, you know. And he told me a price that I was like, yo, can I have two? <laughs> I was like, and he was like. And I was like, yeah. He was like, it was like, okay. He made me two of them. Wow. Got two of the Brazilian rosewoods, and he made me two more in regular woods that I could take on the actual road. Like, I won't take this on the the, the, the road road. Brazilian rosewood has a very special hit to it, like for a pool cue. Like the way the construction of the forearm is one of the most important things about a, a pool cue. And depending upon the wood, they have a completely different hit. Like a maple forearm will have a way different hit than an ebony forearm. You know, and my friend Eric, who uh, he has this company called Sugar Tree Cues, and his cues. I just forwarded you a, a cue. Pull this shit up, Brian. I just forwarded you this this image. I was crazy. <clears throat> we we're talking about this. Cause I'm just setting up my pool table at the new house again. Son, whenever you want to get robbed, I'll come on over and show you what's up. Oh yeah, up. we'll see if you'll drive that far. I'll drive. I'll right. drive. I'll drive it's on. the pool. The pool is. I'm good. actually setting. Not only that, right the pool here. is getting built right now. My backyard is going. I'm trying to build my backyard because you know, with my daughter's situation and whatnot, yeah. that I want to have the kind of backyard that all her friends are always going to want to be at our house. Type. Oh, that's you know cool. I mean? That's where yeah. we're. Oh no, we got to play over there. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm trying to build that right now. Yeah, that's cool, man. I have that kind of situation. I mean, it's going to take house. me a couple months to get my stick sharp again, anyways, man. Mm-hmm. So, but well, I'll, I'll let you practice. I got a crazy like. This art dude, it was this company called Alchemy. They, they, the guy who owned it, like I think he got caught out there on drugs or something. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but uh, like they only made like three or four of these pool tables. It's like it, it's out of steel beams. Like, oh yeah, okay. It's amazing looking. You know Probably I mean? plays like shit. No, it's awesome. <clears throat> there's it's only table. two. There's like two good companies. Well, there's a couple that are okay, but the real companies for pool tables are Diamond and 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 um, oh, I'm familiar. Brunswick. Yeah, and Without, I think they had like all the. The uh, slates and stuff. See like that, that wood? Yeah, this this is like there's some other images that this uh this guy's his cues. You see it's all for him, what I was gonna say, it's like there it's about harmonics. Like he says that the way a cue hits is it was probably very similar. He said, I don't make instruments, musical instruments, but I would imagine that every type of wood has a different sort of harmonic. Definitely. Look at the the images of these woods. I mean, they're so fucking beautiful. And he liked those those guys that make these guitars. This dude just collects this shit. Like he'll call me up and or he'll send me text messages of blocks of wood, like it's a girl's ass. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like your dude That's will send you, dude like, look at this ass I saw. Even his sons were like, yo, man, yeah, Pops, that's all he does is go out and buy wood. Yeah. <laughs> but look at this wood, man. I mean, that is fucking artwork. Yeah, it's That beautiful. wood is I nature's art. I'm going to need one of those, dude. fucking beautiful that is. I'm He'll need, make you one. Yeah, I'm going to need one. He's a good friend of mine, and he's, he's a cool motherfucker. That, that cue is a goddamn masterpiece. Got to have the boss cue, you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. comes up with this, the boss cue. If you didn't bring your own... <laughs> you get one of those ones off the wall. This is the boss cue right here. <laughs> exactly. You gotta show you like, I got a bunch of those, like too. you know, store bought McDermott's and all. That those are good. Yeah, you know, they're good. They're plenty they're good. Solid. McDermott's. That, that was beautiful. Good. That is like art. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's uh, much like a guitar. Like, can you buy a guitar like at a guitar store and it'll sound anywhere near as good as that? Or is it? Well, a the original sounding? one I found was in a guitar shop in Nashville. You know, what I mean, it's just you know what for me, it's like guitars are like things that speak to me. Like when you know, what I mean, it's weird. I'm sure there, there's something in your life. Everybody has, it. but it's like I walked into the shop the day I saw this one, and it was the angel. See, I even had him replicate the angel on my on my original one because it's, that's what originally uh... I saw this work alone, and I just was like, you know, this is beautiful. Let me play this guitar, and it's just the sound of it and the. It's just so cool. It's just it, the wood is is what it is, and I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't know it was Brazilian rosewood. But it was like always been warmer to me, and a little more had a little more bottom, had a little more bass in it, a little more ass than my other guitars. Man. I have other guitars I love, but this one is just this, and he replicated it perfectly. So is it about with them? Is it about the thickness of the wood, the age of the wood, the density, all those things? I, probably. You know what? I, I didn't get in. I just asked him to build it. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, he. I'm sure he told me something, but I mean, the thickness is all the same pretty much on this. Like mm -hmm. the sheets of wood were all look pretty much like they already were the same, you know, mm -hmm. amount of thickness. But it's like you know, it takes a while. They have to shape. You know, this part is like you know, cutting it out on the flat part is easy. This is actually this was a flat piece of wood at one point. Right. You know what I mean? So and they bend it with yeah, water they or something. Yeah, bend it with water and 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 time. You know, so it's a slow process. Like I waited months for these guitars. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, hey, they're done. It was like when they were done. It was almost like oh, I almost forgot I ordered those. Yeah, that's the same thing with with pool cues. It's like the the wood needs a lot of time in order to like to shape it into something. You can't just shape it; it'll move and and mm -hmm. change. Like you got to do it real slowly. Yeah. But the result is like. There's something about wood that like it's it's the best for for certain things. I know it's the best for pool cues, but it seems like for acoustic guitars too, right? Have they ever come out with anything that's better no, or close? No, no. Is there a carbon fiber alternative? I'm sure there is, but like I'm I'm also sure it probably sounds like garbage. <laughs> I mean, I mean the wood is, is the that, music, right? man. It's yeah. the wood. It lives in there. It's porous. Yeah. The sound is like it's like I, I tell people the difference between like what I try to do, like even when I record. This is you know for technical, more for technical people, but like you know nowadays everything's done in the box and computers. You know what I mean? Like right. I like ten. I do ninety percent of what I do in the box. I like to hit tape at some point. You dump it onto a piece of tape, let the tape soak up, soak up the sound, and let it become real and not some just ones and zeros. Let it become like what it is, electricity. You know, because when it's in the computer, it's really just ones and zeros, and it, to me. I can tell the difference. Like when you hit the tape, even if you dump it back into the computer, now it's it's been alive. And that's kind of the same thing. It's like, I can't explain it, but this was living material. This is it's porous. It's got energy still. You know what I mean? A piece of carbon fiber doesn't really have any energy. A piece of plastic doesn't have that same. Because you're not, an electric guitar works because you're not counting on this to be making the music. Right. You're counting on the amplifier and and... And you're and the, and what you're doing up here is mostly doing the tonal work. You know what I mean. When you get an electric guitar, is it the all the sounds like there's no like 
hollow opening inside of it. Right? There's it's some just, are. Some I have like have. I, I personally, when I play electric, I play Gretches, like uh, either White Falcons or Country Gentlemen, which are hollow bodies, because then I can go. Because a lot of my songs blend electric and acoustic. When I play live, I can go with a clean tone on a hollow body. Electric is not acoustic, but it's it's it, it's close replication. Huh. And then when I go with a like you know a, a distorted tone or something like that through a pedal, it you know doesn't matter. So when you're making sound with an electric guitar, like a flat, like you know, Jimi Hendrix style electric guitar, <laughs> yeah. where, where's the sound? It's it's being processed inside the guitar, like because well, it's, it's without you know, the, it being plugged in, it's not really making much noise, it's, right? It's making a minimal. You can hear a guitar, right. like you can play it. It, it just won't ring out. It won't have. Right. A, Right. The amplification in here is coming from the box that's built around, the, you know, the hole right here. The wooden box right. is the amplifier. And that's what also keeps that sound continuing, the vibration, right. the strings, and the, it yeah, keeps... Yeah. reverberating. Like, when you, exactly. boom, it keeps going. Like, well, yeah, you'll hear that... It's still going. Still going. It's the sound in the inside that yeah. box, just doing like this. Just, that's something we don't really think about too much. No. They just sort of take that that's shit That's math we don't want to do, you know what I mean? I don't want to do that math. Man. That's real. <laughs> that's complicated math. When you think about what it is, though, it's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Somebody figured out a way to make beautiful sounds come out of things that are almost entirely out of nature up until the point where you plug it in. But all that other stuff that's inside of it is all well, just... Up until then, even the strings were uh, nature in the old days because it mm -hmm. would be cat gut or yeah. something, cra you know, some old, you know intestines of some animal would yeah. get strung across it. And <laughs> they used to do that shit for tennis rackets, too, right? It was all cat yeah. gut, right? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like cats, man. Yeah. They used to use actual cats, I, I believe. I used to think they used actual cats intestines. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that was always my interpretation of it. I think that's really what it was. Let's pull it up real quick. Cat gut strings. <laughs> that's going to be some gross images. Yeah, we, we like, who, who get some government like, lists. What are we going to make the strings on this thing out of? Right. Well, there's um, lots of dead cats around. <laughs> Which hair? Okay, look at it. It's prepared from the natural fiber found in the walls of animal intestines. Usually sheep or goat intestines are used, but it's occasionally made from the intestines of cattle, hogs, horses, mules, or donkeys. Huh. So cat gut must be cattle gut, maybe? Yes. Cattle gut, exactly. It says it's an abbreviation of the word cattle gut, you smart motherfucker. God damn, Everlast is on the ball. just fucking common sense, just, dude. Let's just... But you'd hit it before everybody. It's that alpha brain. That's what I'm it is, not, dude. I, I never received. You never got any of it. <laughs> I should have brought some for you. Every time I, I leave here, you're like, I'm going to send you some alpha brain, man. I will. I promise. I'll have it so sent ha to you. Wait, but though, is that I'll a ringing endorsement when you forget every time you tell too me many, you're going to send much me shit. fucking alpha brain? No, it's terrible. It's bad for the brand. I get too much shit on my mind. I'm buzzing balls, dude. Uh, no, You've I really only you told me that twice. I know you. Whatever I said, I'll, I'll get it to you. I promise. So, yeah, it is, but it's definitely cattle gut. It says, alternative, it may be derived from the folk etymology. The word kit meaning fiddle and having some point been confused with the word kit for young cat. Huh. So there's like an origin of it. So it was fiddle string at one point in time. But that doesn't make any sense because it's actually made from guts. Stop being a pussy. They're talking about guts, folks. So maybe gut. it's yeah yeah I remember it I, uh, I was always under the impression it was cat gut though like cats well it's, it's funny that people would have an issue with that but the re the reality is I mean think about it, I mean cows die oh it's every cow year. gut no worries it's yeah. all good same no big deal what do they not use that what do they use that cow gut for if they weren't using it for strings like what do they use it for I don't know it's probably waste. Vegans would not play guitar we could eliminate a lot of the folk singers Word. if we just went back to that shit.
I had a friend who was a vegan who had to play pool with a leather tip. It used to drive him fucking crazy. There's no alternatives. They've never figured out an alternative to leather for the tip of a pool cue. For breaking, they have, but breaking, you can't put English on a ball when you're breaking. Like when you, they use these like G10 tips. It's like some really hard composite, like phenolic type plastic thing. But for like, for an actual playing cue, never figured out how to do anything better than, than natural leather. I mean, it's weird. I'm vegan and all, I get it. You don't eat it, whatever. It's like, yo, so dude doesn't own a belt that's made of anything or any it's kind of shoe of product. Hemp, hemp and understanding. Yeah, hemp and understanding. <laughs> As are my shoes. Uh, They're made of compassion. All right. I mean, it's I, I, res- I respect the effort, I guess. I just it's like to me, it's like, you know what? There's an order. I believe that you know as I mean? well. There's but... an order and there's there's some you know, I don't we've talked the hunting talk mm-hmm. before, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I respect the effort though and a dude that would stand by it, but if he's really all that about it, you better stop playing pool, buddy. You better stop <laughs> Well he, he eventually <laughs> gave up on the veganism too. Okay. I but... gotta meet and fish, that was the first thing. Because I I I, I mind how long him. behind that was a steak. It was not that far behind. <laughs> exactly. Once he got dude. that protein in the system. Murder so tastes good. <laughs> yeah, he uh sorry. <laughs> But we probably would have beat war and murder and all that a long time ago if murder just didn't taste so damn good. He was never going to stop playing pool. He's a professional. So there was a the real issue with the, Max, I believe is his name, the real issue with the tip thing. You can never find uh, an alternative. Man, but I got, I, just, him, I got him with fish I because... I just alienated any vegan I fan of mine. <laughs> You're only vegan fans that don't have a good sense of humor. Who gives a fuck what you eat? Be nice. No, it's funny, though, is yeah. the actual vegans I've only known in my life, most of them like will walk in the room and tell, preach the vegan thing to you mm-hmm. with a cigarette in their hand and maybe like a bag uh, of heroin in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Eating M&M's, <clears throat> talking to you about steak. It's going to give you a heart attack, dude. Yeah, you should friend really watch that it? cow video. It'll make you happy, almost cry. It's just—is like, it to that Pharrell mm. song? No, it's it's just as that song is just so catchy. Well, tell God the you, you were talking about this before the podcast. Yeah. So say say what it is. Uh, it's this group of uh, people that are trying to save cows because when cows are like used for like dairy and stuff like that, they usually when they stop producing milk, they they are useless. So they usually just slaughter them, like the old cows. And so it's this group of people that have taken these cows and, like, uh, like from donations, allowed them to just, like, uh, die in a field. So they get, they're they releasing these cows that were originally supposed to be all slaughtered, like 100 mm-hmm. or 200 cows or whatever. <clears throat> and instead of slaughtering them, they decided to let them go. So these cows, for their whole entire life, almost, have always been in these, like, little cells and just kind of used for, you know, pumping milk and shit like that. And hmm. so they, when they release them, though, it's some of the, like, the most... Sh- like amazing saddest thing you'll ever see because they are so happy they almost look like dogs being released from a pound and uh here here's the i mean they start jumping around they're like wait we're allowed to walk wow wow that's so crazy Too bad they're delicious. I know. <laughs> I was just saying, like, I was like, man, am I gonna feel bad after this now? Yeah. 
I mean, it, or am I going to go right up the street and get me one of them delicious Five Guys burgers? Oh, Five Guys oh. is so delicious. Look how this, like, they, they're even wiping their faces on the ground because they're just like, what grass? And then the crazy I mean, I think never I, with all that saying, let me, yeah. I will say this, though, man, like, about as wow. far as the animals and stuff, that, that keeping an animal like that, you know, for dairy purposes, or whatever, and then just locking them in a cage for their entire life is, I, I am not cool with that. I don't no. think that's a cool thing. I don't really. I'm it's not really fun. big on like milk as a product, anyways. You know, I eat cheese and all that. I ain't gonna front, but uh, there's better ways to go about that stuff, mm-hmm. and there's better ways to go about even slaughtering animals and 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 eat, you know, if you're gonna be there's responsible ways. You know, I try to, you know, do my best to be aware of where what I'm eating comes from because that is happy to see. I, I think they should all be treated like that, but they shouldn't have been locked up for 20 years in the mm-hmm. first place. You could have let them out once a month, once a week. You know what I mean? Hey, 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 you, hey, you gave us 40 gallons of milk this week. There you go, run for. Four hours, you know what I mean? And yeah. That's we, just when we're we're getting a little bit too big for our own britches sometimes. That's exactly what it is. We're too big for the amount of resources that we need to, to sustain us. Too and many, too big to maintain, you know, some kind of hearts big enough yeah. to maintain. Well, definitely too, we're, we're too focused on money. When it comes to those situations where you want milk and food and dairy and so you want it so much you're willing to let these animals get stacked in there like that for the rest yeah. of their lives. But a farm, like when you go over someone's farm and they have them just wandering around a field, doesn't seem so bad at all. No. I have a buddy in Wisconsin that has a farm. I mean, I, I had like a, a philosophical argument the other day with, with, with a buddy about uh, they had posted something on one of my pages, like Twitter or Facebook or something about like, you know, we got to stop the killing of dogs in Korea for food. And I was like, well, you know what? I find that repulsive. But in Korea... They eat dogs. I mean, it's like, I'm not being a racist or anything here. I'm saying there's a tradition of in places where they eat dogs. And it's like, we eat cows. So Indians find us repulsive for that. Yeah. They, they don't kill cows at all. They let them wander the streets and do whatever they desire in their life because that's the highest station in life in, on, their, on some of their belief systems. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, you can't kind of do that. You have to, you know. It's got to make sense. It's got to make sense. You know? If, yeah. And what if, what if, let's keep it real. Hey, I'm a dog lover. I would never eat a dog unless the zombie apocalypse actually came and the family was starving and those dogs were the only thing left. They would get eaten. I'm not right. lying. But barring that, I could never deal with it. Deal, like killing, you know, yeah. eating a, you know, killing, eating a dog. But there's a place in the world. Hey, that's what they do. I mean, I, I never. I would have told you the same thing about kangaroo. First time I went to Australia, I ate kangaroo like a motherfucker, man. So I can't say if you put me in Korea in the right place where it's a normal thing and they said, "Hey, try this dog," right. I would probably give it a try. So I can't sign your petition. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I can't. Yeah. If you're saying cruelty, that's a different thing. I'm 100% with you. Have you seen this thing that's going on with this giraffe? I know you are because you post like raw slabs of meat on grills like every other <laughs> couple days. So we're cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I love animals, but I love to eat them too. Could you get a cow at your house like for fresh milk? like raw? No, milk no. You need an agriculture license. You need a large parcel of land in order to do it humanely. That would be cool. You couldn't just have a cow. But uh, you might be able to pull off a goat. But when the things, all right, cheese I love and all this, but like when, who, I, my wife was the one who kind of started hitting me this is because I used to joke about using, when she was breastfeeding, you know, using some breast milk for like my cereal or something. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, she kind of turned around one day and she said, well, it'll make more sense than milk because like who really decided we should be drinking off the teat of a cow? Because it's good for you. That the reason why we drink there's milk a, there's is because there's, there's protein a, there's a in it. a lot of people that say, would say the opposite you about know why? milk. Well, it's not the best thing for you, but if it comes between starving and drinking milk, you okay. should drink the milk. That, It'll keep you alive. There we go, alive. Joe. Yes, but it yes. is. It is nutritious. 
It really is. The real problem with people, there's a, a bunch of problems. And no, one of the big ones is the sedentary lifestyle. I mean, we people that talk about cholesterol and animal fats and proteins and how much of this is in your diet and that's in your diet, all those things, there's, there's, there's a certain amount of protein you need. And anything more than that is kind of wasteful. And too much cholesterol is bad. But not enough cholesterol is bad, too. Not enough protein is bad, too. Like, one of the big problems with people is we don't fucking use our bodies. So when you're, you're, you're pumping all this food in there and nothing happens, it's just caking the walls of your fat abdomen, you know, that's one of the main problems that people have. It's a sedentary lifestyle issue. Then you're also dealing with who's making this milk. Is this at a farm where these cows are roaming through healthy grass feed, fields and you don't even have to worry about using uh, any sort of uh, homogenization process or pasteurization process. You could drink that milk raw because it's fresh coming right off the cow. Well, if you had that, you'd probably be way better off and your body would probably digest it better, assuming a bunch of things. The cows aren't infected, there's no disease, there's no issues, everything's been done correctly as far as maintaining their nutrition. But if you did that, I guarantee you, if you're eating healthy, raw milk, people wouldn't have nearly as many health problems. You're, you're drinking dead stuff that's not supposed to exist in the wild. It's not just the fact that you're drinking milk that comes from a cow and you're a person. It's also the fact that that thing is dead. That is, there's protein in oh, there and there's exactly. calcium. But I it's follow been you now. boiled and fucking heat treated mm -hmm. and shooting laser beams through it and exactly. shit. That's not, you're never supposed to get milk like that. It doesn't exist. So you just start farting and your, your stomach starts rumbling and people go, oh, he's lactose intolerant. You're just drinking dead shit. Yeah. It's just how hardy is your system. And then you replace it with like all these probiotics they're trying to sell you now that's live shit. They're Kill exactly. the dead shit you just put in your well, gut. And to enhance the environment, the, the neighborhood of your stomach. Like, people don't understand that when you're eating live cultures, like yogurt is just bacteria, but it's important bacteria. That acidophilus bacteria is a really a strong, healthy one. So if you can get that stuff in your body, it'll actually help battle against some of the other more aggressive, uh, negative bacteria. The candida. Like, that's, oh, we that watched video, that whole entire yeah. thing on that. Does that, does that, did you watch the whole yes. thing, or do you know all about it's, that? It's, well, it's a long infomercial is what it is. I actually posted it up on Twitter, and I didn't realize it was an infomercial till the end, but... The facts in that infomercial are accurate. It's incredible how much money has been spent to ensure that people continue to use sugar and high fructose corn syrup and how bad that stuff actually is for you. Sugar and corn syrup are fucking terrible for you. And they're not just terrible for you because it's, it's almost like a toxin. It's terrible for you because it feeds the unhealthy bacteria in your gut. And it encourages that, that shit to grow. And it can cause all sorts of like mental problems and emotional problems. And we're just not supposed to eat high fructose corn syrup. Like that shit's not even supposed to exist. You're supposed to get your sugar from a fruit. It's supposed to be like a peach. It's delicious and it's sweet and it's natural. And your body knows exactly what to do with that shit. But if you get corn syrup in your body, your body's like, what the fuck is this? How are you getting so much sugar in such a small package? Like, what the fuck has 19 grams of sugar in a tablespoon? Like, nothing in nature. It doesn't even seem possible. That, yeah. that info commercial was interesting because it 
it showed how they got aspartame passed. And that yes. was really scary because, yes. like, Rumsfeld was mm-hmm. involved and all this shit like that. Totally true. Totally true. Rumsfeld is one of the guys who got aspartame passed. It's a fact. You can look at it online. You can follow the documents. You can see the work that was done the and all tumors. the lobbying. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's fucking they would, they would take They would take mice that got tumors from aspartame, cut out the tumors, and just say, no, it doesn't have any tumors. Like, they did all this bullshit <laughs> fucking, like, like, science just to, like... Evil white dudes at the top of the ladder. That's my next book. <laughs> so, so I, I I've been freaking out lately because I get I get like five Splendas in this Trenta iced coffee every day, and my dad's like, "You can't have Splenda anymore. No more Splenda." Why don't you just go with this shit, man? The stevia. The stevia, yeah. No, it's great. What? It's great. It's healthy. It comes from a plant. You don't even need a dash of but it. But isn't there like reports of even stevia being there's like weird science behind it? Maybe, but you got to look into that stuff because some of the reports that you get like online, especially like some of the reports that they were talking about in that little piece on Candida right. talked about how the sugar lobby had come up with their Agave. own. Yes. Agave. Yeah. They, they, they went after agave, like, with their own research, their own fucking fugazi research. Like, it's hilarious how much fuckery is involved in our, in our nutrition and our health and our, just our government itself. It's all completely corrupt. And that's just another example of it. It's just the, the reason why there's subsidies for corn. It's like everyone's making mad, crazy money. That's why. They just, let's Did keep this party that rolling. you went around recently about the Subway bread? What? What about it? It had some crazy, like, I believe it was like formaldehyde type substance in it to keep it so, like, because you know, bread, the yeast in bread shouldn't rise after like a few days. Like, so while they freeze their bread and they keep it up, this chemical, like, there's this thing that was going around. My wife sent it to me again. She's the person always into all this kind of stuff. And it was like about this stuff and like how it broke down how, like, in Europe, they don't have any of this stuff in their food. Yeah. They really don't. Like, they, they have such. Harder restrictions and regulations on what goes into food over there mm-hmm. that it's always it, it didn't dawn on me until the last couple of years. Like, why when I go there, I eat in good restaurants where there I don't eat the fast food anymore as, as little as humanly possible, mm-hmm. unless I'm starving somewhere and it's like, I gotta have a cheeseburger, right? You know, so I always wonder why, man, I always feel clean and good when I come back from there, like a little bit different. And it's because the food's better, man. The food's cleaner. Yeah, not a lot of rampant use of antibiotics like in America. Not a lot of use of hormones. But, you know, apparently the hormones are not an issue. Like, everybody's worried about hormones in meat. They, they say that uh, there's no evidence whatsoever that the hormones affect human beings. That's what I've read. But what they do do is make their cows up to 25% larger, or an average of 25% larger. So... Apparently, they don't do it to chickens, though. You know how everybody thinks they do it to chickens? Chickens is actually just breeding. They figured out a way to selectively breed them until they get the biggest breasts, and then apparently, that's what they say, that they don't give chickens hormones. But they do give chickens antibiotics if they get sick. And they only give cows antibiotics because the cows are actually getting sick from eating corn. Apparently, cows, when they eat corn, they can really develop like some serious stomach problems. That's one of the reasons why they're so marbled is because they're dying. It's like they're just so fat. They're just like, their body just has no idea what to do with all that corn. Just farting. I'll tell you, the closest I get to being a vegetarian is anytime I drive up to five by that by that one spot. That's I know when, what you're talking about. That's the time it always is like, man, I know occasionally I eat some meat that comes from here. I know <laughs> I do. Even if I try not to, I know at a restaurant or something. It's like, mm-hmm. and sometimes that just that 
the way they do it there. I mean, I don't, I've never even seen it or witnessed it, but I've smelt it, and I know it's not mm-hmm. good what they're doing up there. And, and that has the best, one of the best <laughs> steak restaurants is right de- right in that <laughs> yeah, place. So never... it smells like shit. Where is right, that? Like right when you're going through that little shit area, there's like a, where is the shit area? Is uh, that like uh, on five was, about Bakersfield? I want to say yeah, Taftish. Like or, yeah, Taft. Taftish, yeah. like mm-hmm. around that area. I don't want to mm-hmm. know if it's actually Taft, but it's around that area. Yeah, there's a good steak restaurant, and you there know is? that they're just like going right out back and just going. Yeah. Oh, Fresh. <laughs> don't tell you know my order usually at a steakhouse is walk it by the fire and slap it in the ass. You don't say that at that spot, man. Yeah, they, will, they will take that literally. That's the closest I ever get to not being a vegetarian, but to being a Democrat is when I'm driving up that fucking five and I see when I was uh I was driving up there last time I was headed to San Francisco um before uh before the elections. It was like right before the uh the last election. And there was all these crazy Mitt Romney, pro-Mitt Romney signs. And I was like, oh, my God, you dumb motherfuckers are going to make me vote Democrat. This, you, you realize, like, how many people just the knee-jerk automatically vote conservative people? Like, how fucking dumb some of them are? When you see their, their, their campaign posters, like, you silly bitches. You know that chemical chemical he was just talking about that's in Subway? It's mm-hmm. the same chemical used uh, for... Uh, Making yoga mats and running. That's what it was. Yeah. Stretchable. Yeah, yeah. Like stretchable. So, that's, yeah. That's fucking hilarious. It's like rubber. Yeah. Oh my God. We're so gross. We are, we are really gross. I, I buy Ezekiel bread. I don't eat much bread what's, anymore. What's worse is that was a mass thing that I, I mean, it got mm-hmm. to me through like social media and met, my wife texted at me because she saw it, right? I'm not shocked. You know what I mean? But what, what's, it, Completely ignored. People are still going go right to Subway and eat it and not even care. Well, if you want to have a bunch of kids working for you, you got to make everything real fucking simple. You can't have them make their own dough. Add the flour, add the eggs. They're going to fuck that up. You're, you're going to have inconsistent amounts. Of, but you got to give them the dough already made. Tell them to press that, press that button, dummy. See that? Yeah, that's the means it's ready. And then you pull it out. Okay, and you don't fuck with it. Yeah. Slice and my wife bitch. told me that Subway actually said they're going to take it out. And I said, yeah, as soon as they use the stockpile of bread they already have. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. As soon as y'all finish the poison we've already made, we'll stop making that poison. How can they say they're going to take it out now? <laughs> like, you have to stick up for your guns. Word. You that's, can't tell that's, that before. means you know you've been doing something real fucked up for a long time. Look at this yoga mat bread they're calling it. Yoga Dude, and check mat this out. Bread. This is it's, this article is showing five other ingredients that need to be removed immediately. Like, why is this in our food? One is called L-cysteine, something like that. Yeah, and it's uh, mostly composed of duck feathers or human hair, and it's in McDonald's <laughs> apple pie. It probably makes it delicious. How come it's okay to eat a duck's uh, breast but not eat its hair? Who gives a fuck? Silicone dioxide in Wendy's beef chili, which is actually pretty much just sand. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. It's fucking sand? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh dime mythol pulled whatever fuck is uh in Burger King and it's a uh, natural beef flavor that's uh yeah, anyways, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, we're gross, man. We're gross. If we can make a little mm. extra money, we'll fucking we'll serve you anything, bitch. Chop that shit up. You know, bread's not supposed to last very long. No. Like like I, fret. day old bread is supposed to go to the homeless. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. I mean, right. No disrespect. I'm saying, but that was when I was young. It was like the day old donuts and the day old bread. That's what was given away. Like, you know, there's no good anymore. You can't eat that anymore. I don't eat. I'm pretty much gluten free. I give myself cheat days every now and again. But I, I like to eat Ezekiel bread on those cheat days. Like, and I, you can only get it for you keep it for a couple of days. 
And my wife's always like, wow, this stuff goes bad so quick. I'm like, that's because it's good for you. <laughs> it's like yeah. tomatoes. You get a tomato. They don't last very long, man. No. Once you pick them, you got a few days. You got to eat it. Yeah, that's, what, that's life. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. This weirdness where a glass of milk can sit in your fucking refrigerator for a month and smell the same. That's crazy. Yeah. That's supposed to smell like horrible shit. It's supposed to be sour like a, as fuck. A week? Yeah, Should if you're lucky, done. it's nasty. If you get that raw milk in three days, it smells like shit. Because mm. you're supposed to have already eaten it. You're supposed to be milking that cow every day or it's going to die. <laughs> that, I want you to pull up that video of that guy in um, the giraffe debate. Because this is uh, what's going on in... Um, it's on your Twitter, right? I, I don't know. Just pull up giraffe killed for lion meat. Young, it's this big, big debate, man, where this... Uh, after this, we'll let you bang that. You were ready to go. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I get comfortable. That's how I hunch over on <laughs> it's it. It's a good way I to hunch over on it. I always, I don't speak in the mic enough either. This, um, <coughs> you, no, you, well, you, I like talking. I love your songs, but I love talking to you too. So I get selfish. Oh, no, no. I want to keep I'm talking. I'm good, dude. <laughs> like I said, you know, it was a rough week. I, I explained to you, so I'm cool. I'm, I mean, I'll sing some. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm thinking about because of our uh, little talk about sort of experimentation with audiences and stuff and doing uh, the unknown. I might pull out some songs that are. That are unknown. Okay, beautiful, you know I mean? beautiful. Now, this is what's fucked up about this. They interviewed this dude. I don't know. This might not be the best video, but they they interviewed him, the the zookeeper. F- see if you can find a zookeeper uh, like interview because they they talked to him about it and they showed a bunch of kids this animal getting killed, not just uh, getting killed, but getting dismembered. Apparently, they did it all in full view of these school children and then answered questions. So the school children got to see this animal dissected and, and butchered. Okay. And people were freaking out that other zoos wanted to take this animal and why didn't they do that? And the zookeeper was, is this the animal? Mm, I can't watch this. Yeah, they pump one into its, its brain and then they're going to they're going to dissect it. You don't have to show this online because I don't want people to, uh, that don't wouldn't want to watch it. If you want to watch it, you can find it. Uh, the point is, they did it as an anatomy lesson and let these kids see this is the muscles of an animal, this is what happens with an animal when you butcher this animal, and this is what happens when you butcher cows. And so the interviewer er was saying, you know, this is American guy of course. You know like why like, actually it was a British guy too. British guy questioned him, and he was saying, like, isn't this cruel? Like, what you're doing? He's like, well, why is it any more cruel to do it to a cow? You're feeding predators. Like, these predators, they eat meat. The meat has to come from animals. You can't feed a tiger, like, vegetables. They eat meat. So if you're going to keep a tiger in the zoo, animals have to die to feed this thing. Like, isn't it kind of hypocritical that you're concerned about the life of a giraffe but not concerned about the life of a cow? One has to die. In order for this animal to, 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 do you quantify? Do you put one as more valuable than the other? And it was just all emotions from this guy and need, it's the yeah. non-embracing of the food chain that they don't want to admit that in order to make leather, you have to kill a cow. They don't want to admit that if a, a zebra dies, you know, and it gets fed to a lion, that really is no different than a, a cow dying. Really no different than killing a giraffe and feeding that to a lion. It's just an animal that has to be sacrificed in order to keep this food chain thing going. You got one or two options. You either let a giraffe go inside the cage and just wash your hands of it. I I didn't do anything. Or you kill it and do it quickly and humanely and then you feed it to the lion. Because if you're going to keep a fucking lion, you need some giraffe meat. Absolutely. you You need some cow meat. You need some kind of meat. 
But these people, they didn't want to admit it. It was weird. It was weird listening to the disconnect from this reporter who's, I'm not a big fan of people that become reporters. There's not really any reporters anymore, man. There's opinion yes. takers and opinion givers, man. They're, reporting used to be getting a fact and delivering a fact and the reasoning and the choosing of what it meant was to the audience. That doesn't really exist anymore. There's also a political aspect to what they're doing. Because they're all owned feel. by a corporation that owns political people. It's that, but it's also they want to make sure that they're on the most popular side. Like when they're saying things, when they're talking about things... A lot of times it's not coming from a rational, objective place. It's coming up from a place of representing an opinion that's going to get you the most amount of support. Oh, Pierce Morgan syndrome. Yeah, there there's, definitely, there there's definitely some of that, right? Yeah. Representing an opinion that you think is going to be the, the most effective in getting you more popular, more people are going to be on your side. Yeah. And there's, there's certain issues like that one where you really shouldn't be saying, well, isn't this, isn't this horrible and shocking that you did this in front of these children? You scarred them for life. And he's like, no, why is it, why is it bad? This is natural. This is nature. It's showing these children nature. And they had a lot of questions. And you get to answer these questions. Like, are we denying that this takes place? Yeah. Like, what is the We're, educational value of I don't know, preventing kids the, from The weird thing that? about it is, like, you know, just recently, my daughter loves chicken. You know what I mean? And she kind of recently put together that a chicken she sees in a cartoon on a show and a chicken she's eating are, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of explain to her, like, chickens, we eat chickens. People eat chickens because that's what, you know, we're, you know they're nutritious for our body. You know, it was like a rough discussion. It was like, yeah. um, let me ask, how do I tell a four-year-old that, uh, you know, we're, we're eating the chicken on the cartoon right now? <laughs> it's not the cartoon, though. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is that... Yeah. Um, this idea that we have of anthropomorphizing animals, I think that's the expression where they use where you make an animal like yeah, a yeah. person, like Donald Duck or, you know, Daffy Duck or whatever the fuck it is that's talking and Elmer, well, I guess Elmer Fum is actually a human, right? Yeah. Bugs Bunny, <laughs> all that shit. It's like you're, you're putting like human characteristics into an animal that we've been killing and eating forever. You're, you're twisting up nature. And when you're a little kid, that shit is confusing as fuck. Yeah. Now, my kids have chickens. We have chickens. We have 12 chickens. Uh, we just ordered more. We're going to have more. Well, we had, no, we have 13. We had 14, and one of them, I think a hawk got it. You think? Pretty sure it was a hawk. How'd he taste? I don't know. It might have been my dog, but I think it was a hawk. Because uh, there's no feathers. It's hard to tell. Something happened. Anyway, we still got 13 chickens. My daughters know these chickens, but they also eat chicken. And so I have to explain to them, you know, like, I don't have to explain to one of them because the fucking chicken bit her in the face. She'll kill that fucking chicken herself. Chickens are stupid as shit, man. They'll peck at your feet. They'll peck at your face. I got attacked as a kid as a chicken. That's how I got the scar in between my nose. A chicken attacked you? Yeah, I was a kid. I was near a chicken nest. And I've said it before in a podcast a long time ago, but uh, like, I, my mom wasn't watching me. And all these chickens just jumped on me and just started pecking me. I remember oh. just freaking out. Like, it fucking sucked. And I had... Like shit all over my face from pecs. Blood? Yeah, right, right here. I mean, he left out eyes. the part where his mom sprinkled seed all over <laughs> <Yeah>. him. Looted <laughs> right. shoving him into the yard. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was supposed to be for the pigs. <laughs> I got attacked by a goat when I was a little kid. Yeah. My dad had a, uh, um, a co op. He was going to school in, in San Francisco, and they had set up this uh, farm co op, and they had uh, farm animals, and they grew fruits and vegetables, and everybody would come by, and they would, you know, collect them. It was in his school. That they were doing this, and he brought me with them, and this fucking goat attacked me, man. And I was like, I guess seven, and the the goat slammed into me, butted in my chest, and I'm trying to hang on to this thing. And to this day, I will fuck up a goat if it talks some shit. I never <laughs> forget that. And there's a lot of animals that I would take some shit from. I would never take some shit from a goat. 
If I thought that a goat was getting crazy, I would kick a goat right in the fucking face. Full bat. I don't like them. I don't like goats at all. To this day. Because when I was six, I couldn't Dangerous do it. seven. Animal. I couldn't do a goddamn thing about it. And I never... Like, he had to come and save me from this goat. And if he wasn't near me, I probably would have got really fucked up. The female got involved, too. Because I was petting the female. The male came over and headbutted me. But once the male jumped in, then the female jumped in, too. So, oh, I'd like to go back. If goats lived... To be like 40 years, I would go back and beat the fuck out of that How goat. old do they live to be? <laughs> I don't know. Let's go Maybe rat they... pack that motherfucker, man. <laughs> Let's go have goat tonight, dude. Yeah, I would, you want to eat that goat. Ooh, that'd be an old, nasty, dry shoe goat. You should get a miniature yeah. pony. A miniature pony? They're cute. Yeah. And your kids would love that. I don't think they're too bright either, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, horses are weird, man. Like, any animal that just stands there. Like, people say they love their horses, and I totally get that. I got... I've seen people, I have friends that they like Callan, his kid is into horses. Like Callan, like he, he's ridden horses too. His wife rides horses. They just sit there and they stand and they just wait for you. Like they don't do much. They eat grass and they, stand. they can't be that smart. There's just no way they're that smart. And, and well, that's a regular horse. He's talking yeah. about mini horse when you breed it down yeah. to being like this big. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it's retained much. Two cup ponies. Well, you know, that was the thing about this this giraffe. One of the reasons why they had to kill this giraffe was there's too much inbreeding. There's too much of the same genetics being passed around inside the zoo. And I guess people offer to take care of the giraffe, but the uh, that's a miniature pony? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is adorable. Look at that thing. Is that a baby one? No, it's just regular yeah, full, size, full size. I think wow. they have them in Burbank. Every there's like a lot of them in Burbank. Everyone like like walks them around like a dog. Yeah, that might be the cutest shit I've ever seen. And you could get them grow grow it out. You know, like till it bites you and kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> then I then I fucking archery practice in my backyard. <laughs> what does horse taste like? <laughs> I've had horse before. I had horse with uh, Duncan and I had horse with Ari once at the same place. Oh, why would you do horse? It's delicious. Uh, there's a place called Joe Beef in Montreal. If you are ever in Montreal, Joe Beef, and you look, and it's a small place, it is the most jamming restaurant in the history of mankind. Joe Beef, God Montreal. Damn, that I'm place there. is good. And the dudes who run it are cool as fuck. These big ass bad motherfuckers from Montreal that are just whoa. What is this, Brian? This is a mini horse. In a is this like room. orgasm stuff? No, 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 no. Girls get orgasms off horses. Oh, yeah. That they shit all do. just doesn't That's look one right. That's one of the big Whatever's things. going on there. Oh, it's oh man, shit. what's going on? Turn dude. this off. This is not safe for work. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> Was there about to be a porn scene on that poor no. horse? We might kill your dick for a week if you watched it. God, <laughs> what is this? Whatever That's not was. right, man. Yeah, whatever it was. Get Brian. Get out of here. She's leading her off to a mess. <laughs> Come follow me. Let's work out all the problems we developed in childhood. Yeah, who's the asshole that bred a horse down to some little fucking helpless thing? Goddamn horses. Are they bred down there? You can there? walk. Well, you can ride Somehow, them. Somehow, yeah. They, they, the ones in Burbank, they, they look like my little ponies, and like these little kids ride them, and they're, they're just like princesses riding around Burbank. That girl's going to get kicked in the face. This is what I predict. I predict that horse bucks her, and then one to the mug, bitch. Doom! That is a weird animal, man. It's almost like a dog-pig thing. Yeah. Doesn't really even look like a horse. We're weird, man. You know what you can't domesticate? Zebras. They've tried and tried and tried. You Worm. cannot ride a fucking zebra. <laughs> Zebras are not having it. You Just can't, not going for it. Not having it. Never even seen anybody try. That'd you be can't funny. do it. They're not having it. They're not hearing it. <laughs> Have you ever met a black guy that has a Boston accent? 
Yes, many. So they exist. Oh yeah, fuck okay. yeah. But they have a little black to it too. What's it sound like? I wouldn't want to. <laughs> you'd have to. We should get uh, John Doomsday Howard on the podcast. He's a, a MMA fighter out of Boston. He's from. Uh, I think he's from Dorchester. But yeah, they have. Uh, they say certain things, uh, but they don't have that hard. The Boston accent. The, there's the 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 white Irish Boston accent. There's the Italian Boston accent. It's got, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, like, there's a little more slipperiness to the Italian Boston accent. And then there's, I couldn't do the black impression. I would need to, like, I, w- I don't want to be disrespectful and do some stereotypical <laughs> black shit. And then try to throw some Boston talk to it. I just want to hear it. It sounds amazing. It, it sounds exists. like a unicorn. It definitely exists. I no, mean, it's not a unicorn I remember the first time, like, I left America and went, I went to London and, like, black people were talking with English accents kind of messed my mind up a little bit. Just because oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it just was so strange. Do you remember Frank Bruno? Frank Bruno, the fighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Bruno was like one of the most famous English heavyweights in America, at least. And uh, for sure, he was fighting against Mike Tyson. You want to talk about a dude who looked like he could never lose? Pull up a picture of Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno might have had the best physique in the history of the heavyweight division, even better physique than Evander Holyfield. I know that sounds crazy, but the dude was just sculpted. He really looked more like a bodybuilder than anything. And Mike Tyson, he fought Mike Tyson when Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. Yeah. And Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. It, was, it went it went <laughs> about the way everything went for people that fought Mike Tyson. Yeah, see if you now. get a, there's a picture of his body where you get a better look at it. He, he beat, Tyson beat the fuck out of him. But he was just a fucking Goliath, that guy. Just perfect physique. Frank Bruno, man. This is a picture of him right there. There's one, and there's one above it with Tyson knocking him through the ropes. We could see right there. We could see how built the motherfucker is. The dude was just sculpted, huge, broad shoulders. But he fought Mike Tyson when he was evil. Mike Tyson. Is this this guy still around? I haven't seen this guy in a while. No, it's Lane. Yeah. Oh, I think he, he had a TV show for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> he passed a while. He was a judge too. Yeah. He had a TV show after he that did... That was his show, right? A judge, Judge Mills Lane. No, he was a real judge. And then he became yeah. famous from doing boxing matches, and then he had a, like, Judge Mills yeah, Lane. Yeah, judge show, yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those Judge Judy shows. I love shows. Judge Mills Lane. Do you know how much money... That was his thing. Judge fucking Judy makes? Ugh. She makes more oh, than anyone. More than anyone in the a world. A lot. Judge Judy will yeah. buy and sell everyone in this room a billion times over. That bitch is rich as fuck. Oh, lots Mexican of millions. Rich. Many millions upon yeah. millions. Yeah, m- like insane amounts of money. Like she makes if some. If Mills Lane was still figure. around, though, he'd be doing UFC fights. Trust. I bet he would. Well, he's kind of older. You don't want to get tackled when you get that old. Like at a certain age, it's dangerous to be a referee because fighters not trying to hurt you, but when you have to stop a fight. Shit happens. For sure. You know, you're in the middle of a guy who's landing haymakers trying to get a title shot or defend his title or win a title, and you got to somehow or another get that guy to stop and get in between him, at the, especially if he can't see you if you're coming from behind him. Old dudes can't do it. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of sense. debate about women doing it. There's the debate about women doing yeah. it. I think there's, there's definitely women that are good at it, um, but uh, there's, there's uh, a lot of uh, women that are MMA uh, referees, one that I can think of in particular that I'll be kind and not bring up. Forty-seven million per year. Damn, bitch. <laughs> um, but you know she'll she'll have to like referee a fight where the dudes are like light heavyweight men. Is that just syndication money? Is that what that is? I don't know, man. It's a good question. Forty-seven it's, million they own dollars, it. man. She owns it. She owns the show. That's what I'm saying. So she's getting that. She's getting the commercial money. Mm-hmm. She's getting the. Wow. It's an ad, she get the show gets two hundred million in ad revenue for CVS. And she only costs ten million a year to yeah. produce. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And she owns it. So she makes in two years. 
close to $100 million. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, bitch. <laughs> just to be mean to people. You listen to me. God, that would encourage you to be just that much meaner. Can you imagine what her giving pussy eating instructions is like? Oh, shit. John Stewart came oh. in second place, though. 25 to 30 million a year. Pow, 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 John Stewart. Wow, off the Daily Show, huh? Pow, well, he probably owns a piece of Colbert Report, too. Yeah. Did you hear he... about Tom Brokaw and that fucking cancer? No. He has bone marrow cancer, which is like the worst oh, that's cancer. That's horrible. Yeah, that's. He... Cut to Alex Jones. The CIA doesn't want Tom Brokaw alive. As they get older, they get more dangerous because they have the information. They know that the end is coming near, and that's when the CIA takes them out. If you look at those old guys, they always die when they're old. You see, because when they're old is when they're dangerous. They don't have anything to lose. So they die. They kill them to make it look like it's old age, and they get them right before they talk. This is the reason why, what the fuck's his name that uh, faked the moon landings? Uh, Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, known working for NASA, he was a NASA shill, made the moon landings. They killed Stanley Kubrick before he turned 72. My back hurts. (laughs) 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 It's hilarious that they they all seem to die when they're old. Well, that's the thing. They die when they're old, but they know when they're about to spill the beans. I never. I don't listen to dude that much. I'm gonna have to listen to him more. You gotta listen to him in real life. If you had him in the studio, with you would be a trip. You would like him. Alex Jones is a good yeah, dude. No, I, I, the, the things I've so seen, bad. I've liked. Yeah, I'm just saying, I haven't really watched uh, like full on. Yeah, who has time for that stuff, man? You know, I'm, I'm I don't have time. I'm happy when I get a Rogan podcast in. You know what I mean, or an Ellis show. You <laughs> know what I mean, like for listening pleasure. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's um, there's only a certain amount of time in the day. You can't spend. When I was younger, I indulged a lot more in that doom and gloom shit. But now I'm like, listen, man. I now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know the Illuminati. They won. <laughs> Let's go. Now Let's... that you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. And the, guess what? They don't even know what's going on because it's more than like one person or one group that's affecting what's going on in this world. They're not all in cahoots. They're not all working together. Stop it. It's not that organized. There's a chaotic whole movement going on right now, and everyone's scrambling for their own piece of the pie. Everyone's scrambling to have a position of influence. But the idea that one group above all others is in control of this whole thing, that's not true. There's a bunch of people that have big effects on it. But this is a, there's a social change movement that's going on in this world right now that they will talk about in the future. And it will make the Renaissance look like a fucking tea party. This is going to make the 60s look like the 50s. This is what's going on in America in 2014. The world. This is going to... The world, absolutely. This is going to change everything. And it's happening in just a few decades. It's happening over the, the period of... Just 20, 30 years, the whole world is going to be completely different, and no one can stop it. Waiting Not for that the Illuminati. shit to start popping off, and we're going to be integrated with the technology and all that craziness. Yeah, that Kurzweil shit. That there's just started going over that again because of that Nam show recently. I went by there, the booth of the company Kurzweil and struck up that conversation with a friend of mine. And we're like, man, this dude's. Blo- I got to leave because my mind's starting to go like all over the place. He gets a lot of shit, man. It's fascinating. Listen to naysayers talk about Kurzweil. That guy's predicted so many things and invented so many things already. He's been responsible for so many different inventions. I mean, he's a he's a legit super genius. Like I've t- I've Absolutely. had a ch- chance to talk to a couple dudes in my life where I knew that like I I really shouldn't be allowed to talk to them. Like I'm way too stupid <laughs> to actually be talking to them. It's not fair. 
And one of them was John Carmack, who's the the lead programmer for ID Software. He make made Quake. He invented the uh, like the original Quake engine, which is like this incredible three dimensional game engine. And the other one was Kurzweil. And as Kurzweil started talking about the future and about what computers will be able to do and the exponential growth of this technology and how it'll lead to artificial intelligence, it'll be indistinguishable from organic intelligence. And it wasn't a matter of whether or not it's going to happen. It's just time. It's just time. People are going to keep this path going. And I listened to him. I was like, I walked, when we left his place, the, it was me and the camera, camera guys and uh, my friend Todd, who was the producer of my show. And we just sat and looked at each other like, fuck, like what? This guy just, what is coming next, man? This guy just scared the fucking shit out of me. Just thinking about the reality of you're in the presence of the, one of the world's super genius inventors. And he's telling you what the fuck's going to happen. And you're like, he's, I think he's right. God damn it, he's right. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, man. There's a lot of crazy, scary shit going on. Unless the aliens land, it's on. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I, have a, I have a buddy. I won't say his name. Please say his name. No, I can't. Because <laughs> uh, what I'm going to tell you, you'll understand why. Like, I was okay. sitting in his apartment the other day, like uh, just chilling. And he's a real techie kind of guy. And he pulls out his computer and he's like, watch this. And he doesn't have internet in his place, any of this stuff. He like hacked into every network around him. Instantly. And this is just a dude who picked up a book. He hasn't been learning this or trying to hack for years. Picked up a book that told him to buy this one device. And through that device, how he can just go about it. And like, he can get anything you, he wants from any. He can get your phone. He can get you anything. Like, like that. And, you know, he's not a bad guy. He was just like, is that crazy or what? And, like, when I thought about it, I was like, everything in my life is on my phone mm -hmm. or my computer. I was like... I got people at my wife. How, how many firewalls can I put up in this? And he was like, you know what? It doesn't even matter. I can get through them. And I was just like, wow, dude. It's like you really – it's crazy. You're, you, we are just living naked out there mm -hmm. completely. And it's going to get more and more naked too. Oh, yeah. Like the naked you, you feel – now this is the beginning of naked. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be no secrets anymore, man. It's going to be real hard with intellectual property because you, there's going to be a dude who's rushing to put out an Everlast song – you're going to have to make your shit and record it on, like, fucking old wax. Like, those... How did they used to do those old recordings where it was totally I'm, analog? I got tape no... machines still, dude. This, I still yeah, got Yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do that. It and then will go back to that. I, I digitally transcribe it saying. the moment where you're going to release it. Because yeah. otherwise, people... If you have it on your hard drive... Some asshole's going to wake, I know that motherfucker's not awake at 5 in the morning, that's what will download his shit. So you're snoozing away, and he's downloading things for your computer. You think your computer's off, and he's just leeching files off of it. It's crazy, man. It's possible. It's just, it's all numbers. Like, dude, and my buddy told me he's like a week away from being able to do the thing where he can turn your camera on without you knowing it and see on your in your house. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't he was just surprised. like, I just got to figure out, like, this. he's like learning the language, like, you know, the computer, like, actual Whatever they call that, what they used to call that language, C plus. Is it still called DOS? That was one of them. It's that different. kind of thing. Whatever yeah. the modern one of that is, he's like just all knee deep in it. Yeah, you remember when they used to have the DOS window in Windows? You could pull it up and like enter in things. They still have that on computers in terminal on Macs. In terminal, that's what it's called. Yep. So you could get in there and fuck around and do things. Every but Mac is actually you could, if you turn it off, there's a way to turn it back on, and it's a Windows computer. Oh yeah, yeah, you could do that. I That's, forgot. I just learned that like not too long ago. I, yeah, I was like, "Word." <laughs> yeah, you just have to install Windows on it. And you buy a copy of Windows, a legit copy of Windows, because Windows used to be that Mac was on uh, a different platform. They had a different processor, and then they switched over to Intel. They used to have the IBM processors, right? Isn't that what it was? Mm -hmm. 
and then um, they switched over to Intel when IBM, the, the, the platform, could only take it so high yeah. in order to get like, those three gigabyte. They had, yeah, so they switched over. It was a real crazy problem for a lot of people because they had software that only worked on the old Macs, that legacy software. Yeah, well, I had, for example, like I had back in the early days, I had Pro Tools, the version Pro Tools 5, and then all that Pentium stuff started coming out. Uh, and like I had all these what they call cracked files <laughs> uh, <laughs> of like waves and all this stuff. Yeah. And like I didn't want to move into the next thing for years because i just had this whole like forty thousand dollar studio set up that was working fine but like i couldn't really work with any other computers for a long time can you still get a cracked file can you still download like everyone's nodding let's pretend they're nodding no 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 you can't do that no you can't do that i know who never does it brian never. brian redband never. never does it actually you know it, they make it so much easier nowadays like for like photoshop you pay 20 Thirty dollars a month, and you get every single one of their programs, you know, for for free every month. So it's like like you have Premiere. Thirty dollars a month. I think it was thirty nine dollars or something. I can't remember what it is, but it's like before it used to be like you know Photoshop was like fourteen hundred dollars or something like that, and Premiere was a thousand dollars. But now you just have like this monthly fee, kind of like cable subscription, and you just get all their programs. That makes a lot more sense. It's I didn't so know much that. easier. And second of all, it's like when I bought that system, it came like that. The guy who built it for me just put all that stuff in there. Mm. So it's like I mean, but I mean, I don't download movies, music. I don't know how to. I don't know how to go to like a, a torrent and do. It. I just I used to I, like I had an engine. That would he's do pleading ignorance. I see what he's doing. Government. No, I'm saying clearly, I, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. I would download a bunch of ish. No, I know people wouldn't. are no, downloading you mine. You wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> you're you're an, a loyal, ethical man. Um, it ain't hard, dude. It's pretty goddamn easy. But, but I would, then you know, if I did start doing it though, I wouldn't complain when the music in the movies got shittier and shittier and shittier. That's true. That's a good point, man. That's a good point. There's a guy. Um, on my uh, uh, one of my favorite message boards that posted a thread that he's uh, he's a, a copyright criminal. He uh, apparently just downloaded some shit and you know just doing BitTorrent shit, and he he downloaded one that was being tracked. So they got a hold of him. I don't know the exact details of his story, but he's just a regular dude who just has a regular job, and he's going you know he's going through court right now. I they, hate he to owes say a lot it, of money. But- you doing that, Jamie? Is that a movie thing? Is it a movie thing? Because the movie industry has done a lot better job of scaring mm-hmm. people away from doing it than the music. I remember the music industry for a second when it was first going on. They had pinned all these kids down and like they were getting mm-hmm. going to go to jail and like hundreds of thousands of songs. Like there was like, and then they all backed off because everybody's like, "Oh, they're kids," and all this. It's like, mm-hmm. no, their parents should have paid for that. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of music and and work that people put in. Yo, it cost me if I make a cheat that acoustic record cost me. 25 grand to make all right and that's cheap that's cheap that is so cool that you could do it all on your own though, you know what i mean you know? that's another benefit to acoustic you know what i mean so it's like stealing that is stealing that, mm-hmm. regardless you know what i mean and i feel that way you know what i mean i'm like this though i won't front i have musically i would download a song and check it out if i like it though i will buy that fucking song i guarantee i think a lot of people do that a lot of people support i know? don't i don't I don't mind that. I, I don't mind you. That's why I was happy when they kind of gave people those much bigger listening windows on iTunes. Because mm-hmm. you can get a much, like they used to give you like that, just little, 15 the seconds. hook or something. And you'd be like, all right, that's the hook. What about maybe the rest of the song? So now you, right. get, you get a good like 30 seconds or something like that. To, you can really make a g- good call, I think, on whether you want a song or not. Yeah, that. that's big. I like that. I like that they have like a little I wouldn't even care thing. if they said listen to the whole song for free right now. Mm-hmm. And if you like it, you can't leave here and listen to it again unless you buy it. Right. That's that, not a that, bad idea either because a lot of the good songs you, you know, want to hear over and over and over again, 
sometimes a good song you don't even appreciate the first time. Like, you have to hear it like a second time and a third time to really mm. know what the fuck's going on in that exactly. song. Exactly. I don't I don't mind. That's the same thing. That's why I wouldn't mind like a guy who honestly goes and I'm gonna and downloads the songs. I mean, I really like that song. I'm gonna go buy that re- Not only that, usually if I like your song, I'll buy your whole album and chance it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my deal. It's like, oh, that single was hot. I like that record. I'm gonna buy that album. Yeah, I'm uh, one of those dudes that gets into an album and I'll listen to nothing but that album for like four or five weeks. I'll just overplay that shit in my car to the point where I'm listening to the same songs over and over and over again, which is so much different than how I I, I feel about comedy. Like uh, comedy, I, I can listen to it a couple, two, three times, but then I'm done. I don't want to hear the same. At bits least over for a and while, again. You gotta, yeah, yeah, put it down. Yeah, like old, some old school shit, like old Richard Pryor, I could still listen to. But like yeah, live songs, on the Sunset Strip comes on, I can watch that anytime. Yeah, like yeah, one, yeah. You're delirious. Classics. You can watch that. Yeah, you know I mean? classics. But some songs, man. Like I, I will listen to. I remember the first time I heard uh, the Ballad of Curtis Lowe, the Skinnerd song. I must have listened to that song every day for a month. I mean, this every fucking day. I would get in my car. That's a fucking beautiful song. And that's a Leonard Skinnerd song that most people aren't even aware of. It's like one of their all-time great songs. Everybody always brings up Sweet Home Alabama, and they call me the breeze. All outstanding songs, but goddamn, the ballad of Curtis Lowe's got some soul to it. That's a good one. That song's got some beauty, man. There's beauty to that song. It's real. It's alive. You know, that's and that's again, that's a song with not a lot of shit going on. It's just you know, a guy singing, guitar, some background shit, but not too much. No. The perfect amount. It's a good song. The perfect amount, just like when you get Everlast in studio, oh, an acoustic guitar. Well, before it gets time, I gotta, I gotta say, I gave, I, I, you know, I didn't come in last year and do this. I did it the year before, though. It's coming up on that time of year where we're doing our, our great strides walk. So we're gonna the cystic fibrosis. Yes, the cystic fibrosis walk. Um, it's gonna be in May, but I, I just tweeted out a link on my Twitter. If you could retweet it, you know. Fuck what I mean? yeah, um, I'll do it right now. Uh, you know, it's for our walk. You know, you guys, Joe Rogan and, and my buddy Jason Ellis. You guys, you're both your audience stepped up so big last time when I asked. Beautiful. And and um, and and because re- I really only asked the two audiences, I didn't really do much else. And I think last time we got it up to about twenty thousand dollars. That's awesome, man. So that's beautiful for the walk. That's great. You know, I'm also uh, I'm retweeting that right now, ladies and gentlemen, online. It's done. It's up there. So go there. Yeah, you know, go there if you yeah, would. Cystic please. fibrosis. You know, you can check it out. It's pulmonary respiratory disease. We've we've been through it here. You know, my daughter suffers from it, and um, uh, you know, we're just looking to get it wiped off the books because they're close, and uh, you know, it, it it can be gone. You can you know, we can get this gone, and I can be in here begging for money for something else. Yeah, and some other good <clears throat> cause. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know, like I said, the, the audiences have stepped up, and and you know, it's, you know it's, besides just you know. Our friendship, that's one of the reasons I always come back when I leave here. I always, you know, get a lot of love and positive response. And, 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 uh, that's beautiful, man. It's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. I remember when I first, I I actually had quit Twitter and restarted my Twitter the first time I came in. I had no followers or like a couple hundred. I think it's up to like 40 something thousand now. I'm going to donate right now. I'm donating right now as you're playing. Look at that. As you're playing. Well, like I said, we're going to try something, um, this is actually something I wrote in Nashville with a couple guys that I don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition of anything. I, I'm not sure if it's gonna, if it'll ever be on one of my records, but I figured let's try something like that, do something new. I don't even know what this is called. I think this is called uh, It Ain't Easy. 
Heart with a zipper in. I got a scar from the stitches in. Got nothing on my hands but time. I'm trying to get an upper hand. Find a woman that'll understand. I'm waiting on some kind of sign. You know it ain't easy. Sometimes waiting is the hardest part. When your whole world keeps falling apart Ain't easy Trying to get it right from the very start Ain't easy Sometimes waiting is the hardest part On the wall there's a picture frame And I can almost hear a name I need a woman that'll make me kinder Wish in a photograph of the woman that'll make me laugh. I'm worried that I'm never gonna find her. Don't waste your time. Just take your time. It ain't easy. Sometimes waiting is the hardest part. Falling apart ain't easy. Trying to get it right from the very start ain't easy. Sometimes waiting is the hardest part. Might need a little more work on that one, but please stop judging yourself. <laughs> that shit was beautiful. It's all you can that do with beautiful. a new song, though, is judge it. You gotta just be, oh, is this good? Am I working it? Uh, of course you do. You, know? you have to. You have it's to. like a joke you're working on. You know? Know. Let me try it out here. That's what I'm saying. I want to exp- experiment. I'll see what the <laughs> feedback on it is. You know, I'd, I'd like that it. I like that they're so similar, so I can understand it without knowing anything about music. I can kind of at least just appreciate. Kind of was like, you know, I was wondering what I was gonna do today. You know. Well, you were doing that other song before. I don't know if I've heard you do that before. The uh, yeah, did you do that the in, cover? in studio? Yeah, did you ever do that in studio? I feel like you I did. Don't think did so. you do Sex and Candy? No, no, no. No, I know I didn't. Dude, that, you want that? You want yeah, to do that? I, I know. Uh, I, okay. That song. This is my version of these songs. By the way, when I cover some of these songs, I just I just kind of do what I think it is. That song was a song that I liked the first few times that it came out. I thought it was interesting because I never heard a song like that before. <clears throat> then um, I kind of grew tired of it. But you, your version of it is very different. It's a little bit faster, I think. Well, it's cooler. Not, no, <laughs> it's a not good song, man. I, I it's a very you. good song. I like it, it is a lot. A good it's, song. it's, it's very one good I song. often like warm myself up with. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> but again, this is my version, and you know, if I butcher it up, y'all just gonna have to dig it like that. You know what I mean?
by myself and I got too much time and I'm thinking about myself and there she was Like a double cherry pie, there she was Like a disco soup fly I smell sex and candy in the air Who's that lounging in my chair? Who's that casting? Devious stares in my direction Mama, surely is a dream Yeah, mama, surely is a dream And I got too much caffeine in me And I'm talking about myself And there she was Wearing platform double suede And there she was Like a disco lemonade I smell sex and candy In the air Who's that lounging In my chair Who's that casting TV or stairs in my direction Mama, the surely is a dream Yeah, my mama, the surely is a dream I smell sex and candy in the air Who's that lounging in my chair? Who's that casting TV or stairs in my direction? Mama, the surely is a dream Surely is a dream Yeah, mama, this must be my dream I could understand the words in that Like, there's a, there's a bunch of the words in that other one Where I don't know what the fuck he was saying Devious stares in my direction. Now mm. I know. It's, I thought it was uh, like beef eaters. I messed up a chord in there somewhere. I know I threw a really bad chord no. in there somewhere. <laughs> but it was beautiful. I, I kept it moving, so hopefully it, it worked. I but love uh, the slang that yeah, you it's, had. Uh, it's uh, I smell sex and candy. They're real slow when they do it too. Like yeah. I smell sex and candy in the air. You know, that's real. I think the guy who is singing that song, the original dude, I, it's a great version, but it's the version of a man who's trying to get laid. He's like, he's trying to be sexy. He's being a little sexy. Yeah, I'm violent with it. it. <laughs> I, you know, I fuck violent. You'll, still, you'll still get laid. I smell sex and candy yeah. in the air. It is a sexy song. You it don't need to try sexy. and be sexy with it. That's why yeah. I like it so much. That's a fucking sexy song. Can you imagine what sex and candy would actually smell like, though? That'd be a uh, fucking weird... Like gummy bears and yeast infections? <laughs> I was thinking Snickers bars and bleach. Oh, oh. Snickers bars, bleach. You know that bleachy smell of loads. You know? like especially if you pull out, squirt it all over. There's a bleachy smell to it. Yeah, but gummy bears and yeast infections. You might want to. Might Yeah, you might want to patent that one right there. You want to move up to a better crowd as well. <laughs> Definitely stock up on rubbers. I'll tell you what, because that shit is catchy. Oh, both shit. gummy bears and yeast infections are both contagious. Um, I don't know. Have I ever done ends on the show? Ends? I don't know. What is it? What? I don't think so. Wait I don't think minute. so either. Let's let's try that real quick. Here. We'll do one old one. Um, ends. Some people will rob their mother for the ends. 
snitch on one another before it ends. And sometimes kids get murdered before it ends. So before we go any further, on my hands. I knew this cat named Bill didn't have a dollar. He was Harvard material, I believe Scott had a PhD, had an MBA. Now he's waiting table cause there's rent to pay Companies downsizing, inflation rising Can't find a job, he's feeling kind of stressed Don't even feel the effects when he says Forgot to count how many times he's been blessed So falls off track, starts smoking crack And once his brain starts to chain react Sells shirt off his back, shoes off his feet He's losing all his team, now he's out in the street and all of a sudden he like Jesse James Trying to stickle kids for their watches and shame But even been in school, he's nervous with a tool And there's a bones back in a bloody pool for the ends Some people would rob their mother for the ends Rats they snatch on one another for the ends And sometimes kids get murdered for the ends so before we go any further, want my hands I knew this chick named Sally, she had a nice strut Never will I win, she was up in the cut Swinging that butt like Blacia and here Only wrapped the men's that rocked the fly gear Brand name wearing a champagne wave Jewels on the neck, lifestyle she crave Ain't no savings, she's doing no spend she do the bending, straight machine bending, smile for tail. And shopping sprees, get her on knees. Hit her with the keys to your crib, you acting funny. Come on one day if I count out your money. From the wetlands all the way to the Apollo. If you broke, she's spitting. If you're rich, she might swallow for hands. Some people would rob their mother for hands. Rats, they snatch on one another for ends. And sometimes kids get murdered for ends. So before we go any further, want my hands. Kids were on jock and they were tougher than leather like Reverend Run. And DMC, they were toting guns and holding weight, going out stay. Stacking mad chips and pushing fair whips. Fly jewels and clothes, but got no job then. One disappeared and one got robbed for hands. Some people would rob their mother for hands. Rats, they snatch on one another for ends. And sometimes kids get murdered for ends. So before we go any further, want my hands. I said I want my hands. 
Some people would rob their mother for it. Rats, they snatch out one for it. Sometimes kids get murdered for it. Glorious. <laughs> Absolutely glorious. Uh, yeah, I never heard that acoustic version before. I don't think I pull it out a lot because that midsection where I go, I feel like it just loses something when I go to the, the bridge without like an accompanist. But it, it sounded all right right there. <laughs> it's weird, you know, because you got all these things going on in your mind when it's just you and a guitar. You know, yeah. like when you got a band to lean on, it's like you can fuck up a little bit more. You know, there's oh, no guy. Eric Clapton throws an occasional brick on stage. You know what I mean? But you don't know it because he's a master and because he's got masters around him. You know, <laughs> that's interesting. I never even. Thought I throw that. a lot more bricks than that. <laughs> I build houses on stage, man. <laughs> I never even thought about that. But yeah, that must. When you have a bunch of people also playing the same, it's harder to catch. Well, the think mistakes. about your jokes. When you, how yeah. many times do you stumble in into it a different way every mm -hmm. night? You know, it's never exactly the same. The rhythm right. changes because you got you're dealing with elements. So when you're on stage, do you ever like free ball? Do you ever in the middle of a song you just decide to like riff a little bit? Um, not really because you know I, I'm a, I'm the, I'm a songwriter, so I'm a I'm, I don't want to say a slave to my songs, but egotistically I'm a slave to my songs. I, I love mm. my songs, and but I mean I, I I always encourage my guys when I'm playing with a full band to stay true to my song but live and breathe in it. You know, in other words, go ahead. If you feel a little here, a little there, and it's going to compliment, and, you know, don't, you know, I'm not a, a, a nut about, like, that lick you pulled on the third bar of the second section. You know, it's not like that. As long as the, it's rock and roll. It's not Beethoven. You know what I mean? Right, it's, man, right. it's, as long as we're all partying and having fun and everybody's feeling it, that's what, what's what you're going for. Do you study old classical shit like Beethoven or? Um, I wouldn't call it study. Listen, yeah, listen for ideas and, you know things cause it all stems from that you know yeah. i mean i mean i wouldn't call myself a, 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 a you know a, a a master of of the knowledge of the history of music or anything but i you know i try to you know know where the roots i mean all rock and roll the blues everything kind of stems from that era of all that classical writing and then the mixture of like when slaves and came to america with that and gospel and you know and 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 classical all kind of boom formed and then you turned into jazz and rock and roll and everything since and blues blues came here right it was, it was yeah blues blues it, blue, i mean blues to my knowledge blues is american yeah is, mm. is an american thing is built out of exactly what i'm saying this the, the era of this of, of the slave times and then and and the and the and the period right thereafter you know what i mean um it was the combination of field songs and church music and you know this learning of other musics too but like that's basically where the blues comes from it's it's interesting like, i wonder I, I, it must be like the the, the and everything since comes from that from the blues <laughs> blues and jazz the pain and suffering of the slaves I mean, that had to be the the, the origins of it, right? I mean, I, I mean you, you would have to imagine there's a lot of you know beautiful music and stuff that definitely came out of that. Yeah, right. you know I mean, I mean, it's like you know, I I in my personal, in no way comparing my pain in life to slave pain of back in the days, but I'm saying my experience in writing is my better stuff. Even songs that are happier songs, I write when I'm not feeling that happy. Mm. You know what I mean? 
which is like if you sing, there's a lot of joyful slave songs, you know what I mean, yeah. that get sung. And it's because, you know, I'm, I would imagine it's so dark as it is. You don't need another dark song. Let's, let's take that darkness and turn it on its ass, you know what I mean? Yeah, find a way to find joy. Take that frown and turn it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. Lessons from OG Everlast. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still taking lessons, man. You ever try to put yourself back in the Beethoven days and imagine what it would have been like trying to create music back then? I don't know if I would have been able to live long enough to tolerate some of the smells that probably existed back then, dude. I just <laughs> don't even... Ass. Like, you know, like, when I watch those old shows and I just... It's weird that my mind goes places like this. I used to watch that HBO show, Rome. Mm-hmm. And there was like a an episode that literally where they went like to the outdoor shitters having a conversation together and like wiped their ass with like what looked like leather cloths. And I was just like, how awful this, like those cities must have stunk like of just human disgusting feces and nastiness, man. How, I mean, even the rich people must have stunk to everybody, high heaven, man. Yeah, everybody stunk. I couldn't imagine what the streets must have smelled like. I mean, didn't they have an issue with that? Have a, you, you know what? You've been to Venice, right? No, never been to Venice. Never I've been, been to Venice, v- California. No, Venice, Italy. No. You can, you can kind of get a gist if you go to Venice. Does I'm sorry, I, I stepped off the mic to put this down without it falling. The case can fall, not the guitar. Um, uh, but in Venice, like every other third, fourth canal you rock by is like a sewage canal. And it's like, it's bad. Every like third or fourth. It seemed really? like that to me. I could be wrong. But it, there's quite a few, like, you back, you know, they're not the main walkways. But when you cut through a couple main walkways, you'll, you'll walk through, like, these things that seem to be sewer canals. Unless, unless the day I was there, it was just a really bad day for them. But I think they were sewer canals. But it's like, you can kind of get like, wow, every street probably smelled like this way back in the day. In Rome and here and... Yeah. Imagine New York in like the 1800s, man. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine in that. It smells uh, now. Gang gang of New York days. His smell now is is like, imagine it then. Like on the five corners (laughs) where the whole gangs of New York shit was going on. All that just dead bodies in the street. Yeah, that gangs of New York shit was pretty wild. It's hard to imagine that that was really going on back then. That they, you know, we think of New York as always being like a normal city, but. Ruthless violence back then. Ruthless. So the water systems of Imperial Rome, they had like this whole uh, this this whole system of uh, of getting rid of their waste, but they did a terrible job of it. People got sick as fuck. I mean, better than probably you or I would have figured out, but many ways it was the highest point of sewage management. That's really interesting, and other public works in the ancient world. Famous for public baths and latrines with quite complex engineering, Rome also excelled excelled in the use of covered drains for storm water and sewage with some houses connected directly to the drainage system. So if you were rich, you could shit in that river hole. You had a hole and just drop a dookie and it'll flow away. Wow. Yeah, they tried. They tried to figure it out. Even if they were the best at it at the time, it probably still was one of the worst smells ever. Well, think about how long Rome was around, too. I mean, how long was Rome around before shit went bad and the Colosseum fell apart and it became what it is now? I mean, the Rome-Rome, the old days, the Colosseum-Rome. We think of Rome, we think of the Roman Empire. Like, They probably rocked it for several hundred years, you know? Many, many, many years. I think they had a good 500-year run, maybe? Let's find out. I would say maybe a thousand how long was the roman empire how long i thought that's kind of where the saying there is no thousand year empire came from you might maybe it was just short of a thousand maybe that's why 
I I could be way off. I'm not. Even it seems like plausible to Rome, you know, when you think about our history and how many stages of it Rome played into. Yeah, well, definitely a few hundred years, right? Easily. But if you look at like United States, we've had a pretty good goddamn. Yeah, run. We're working on two fifty. Yeah, and from the time we were really running so, shit, I mean, in a the thousand world, is plausible. I just automatically yeah. in my brain I know that saying, and I was like, maybe that's why that's there. This is too hard to figure out while also doing a podcast, but it, it looks like several hundred at, at the very least. It's hard to, it's hard to tell. How many Caesars? You know, a gang of these <laughs> motherfuckers. You know, that's one of the things that I love about uh, this uh, Game of Thrones show. As you really get a chance to see, besides all the fantasy stuff and dragons and shit, you really get a chance to see what it must have been like back then when there were real kings that actually fucked and killed people. Like, and, and, and the fact that kings were also not, they weren't kings of countries. They were like basically like kings of counties Yeah. when you look at it. Like they had their spot and they had all the land around them and they, those people worked for them on their land and they took care of those people. Mm-hmm. And that's, they were the king of those people. The king in the north. So yeah. Like you know, they could be like the king of Van Nuys and the king of Woodland Hills. Yeah, and right. The king of Reseda, <laughs> especially when you're on horses, you know right? I mean? You could be king of Thousand Oaks. It's just too far. Yeah, no. Well, you're gonna get all the way out to Thousand Oaks and run shit. Come on, son. No, there's already a king in Thousand Oaks. Don't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> there's already a king yeah, out there. He's gonna go to battle with the king of Oxnard. Yeah, the king of Oxnard is pissed. At the king of Thousand Oaks. Don't <laughs> fuck with that Simi Valley king, man. <laughs> it's a different king. <laughs> They're, they're ranch kings. Yeah, they, they have uh, more more yeah, livestock. All we think is King Arthur, man. No, kings were like just dirty mother. They're landlords, man. That's all they were. It was fucking apartment, like slumlord owners. That's yeah. what kings were most of the, for the most part. Well, you could usurp a king too, right? You could like that's the whole thing about Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I think that's all that goes on on Game of Thrones is the usurping of kings. Yeah, <laughs> that Conan the Barbarian shit was all about usurping. It was all all well, the about... first book or something was called yeah. Conan the Usurper. Exactly one of the one of the first books. Yeah, books. We're talking yeah. books, man. We're not talking the movies. Robert it's E. A... Howard, folks. You want to talk about a tortured dude? There was a that was a tortured dude. Wound up blowing his fucking brains out. Just uh, lived with his mom, I think, to the day he died. He's in his thirties, massively depressed. It was like I'm out of here. Boom. That Conan was probably his whole universe. Well, the writing of Conan certainly. Well, I mean, he he had a lot of health issues. The dude. And I think, you know, he really romanticized and, and felt connected to this idea of this unbelievably virile and Strong. masculine alpha fucking predator man. Word. Cut his path through this ancient world with a sword and fucking stood up to sorcerers and shit and yeah. cut their fucking heads off. That's what he wanted to Arr. be. Exactly. He wanted to be Conan. And then when he knew it wasn't happening, he's like, all right, I wrote enough. Boom. See ya. Hey, man, you know, some people, you know what's weird is like... Sometimes we look on that as like tragic, but then like you look at it like I, I was watching the uh, uh, buy a ticket, take the ride mm-hmm. the other day. I was just about to bring and, that up and uh, and how like we you know so much it's so tragic, but like somehow you know we look at, at at Hunter and we say like you know what he made his choice, man, and that's what his choice was, you know, and he lived a long life. And it's like why do, why can't that guy have been that? Guy? Why isn't he? Why hey why does it have to be tragic? Maybe he just decided. Yeah. It's for uh, from the living's perspective. I understand why we all look at it that way. Like, oh no, that's the last thing we ever want. But mm-hmm. hey, maybe that guy. You're right. Maybe he just said, like, you know what? I'm never gonna be fucking Conan. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. And just was like, you know, and if he, I'm, I'm not aware of his story, but if he was health problems, was ridden with health problems and all that stuff. Hey, fuck yeah, man. I'm. A, I, hey, I think Dr. Kevorkian was a hero. I'm one of those guys. I'm with you. you I think I mean? people, if people are suffering, especially if people are in the last days of life, there's nothing can bring them back. I mean, most countries in, in the world have, not most countries, but many, many advanced countries 
have doctors that can do things like that and they can help people. Am I talking on my ass? I believe that's true. I think assisted suicide is more common in other parts of the world. Yeah, you I watched a, yeah, yeah. I watched a thing on it. Assisted suicide throughout the world. There was a crazy little two-man thing. I think it came from a play. It was on HBO. It was Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, my wife just texted me. Email is blowing up with donations. <laughs> Tell Joe thank you for, yeah, I for his donation. And I, I put Yo, thank all of you. Not just Joe. Thank all of you. All of you. You don't even know. I mean, I can't. I can never, as a parent of a, of, of a child with cystic fibrosis, I can never express the gratitude that's in my heart for what, what everybody has done. So far, even up to now, if nobody did anything again, People have stepped up in ways that I never imagined in my life. That's and, awesome, man. And, and, and strangers and friends. So thanks to all of you. I've, it's changed me as a person. It's made me look at things differently with a more grateful sense of life. And when you can get caught up when you have a child with these kind of problems in a, in a very, you can easily get caught in a downward spiral. And, and you know what I mean? And people are what keep you out of that. You That's know I mean? beautiful, so, man. It is It is nice when you find out that the world isn't just filled with shitheads. There, it, and I, it really isn't. And no. But they want to convince us all that it is. You know, just like they want us all to be afraid of the guy with the gun outside. You know, every time you turn on the news, it's the same with, like, people are good. People want to be good for the most part. I believe that, and I always will. There's a lot of them. That's yeah. for sure. Are there a lot of assholes, too? Sure. Sure. But you know what? Joe Rogan and his and his peoples have shown me that there's a better way to react to those people. Yeah, there's a way that you can get through this life where you have the least amount of conflict, and that's the way that you should choose. And I've I've done both. I've I've been involved in a lot of conflicts and I've been involved in a little conflict, and the little is way better. Way better. It's way way easier to get by. Usually you get old enough you figure that out. <laughs> yeah. It's it's also you realize like how you become more sensitive to how bad it feels when you do get involved in conflict that you could have avoided. That that feeling of having done something stupid and avoidable. That yeah. gnawing feeling in the back of your brain, that's not a good feeling to have. Not at all. If you and and then there's the occasion when you may hurt somebody, or so, whether it be physically, mentally, whatever. You know, that's, I'm, I, I've, as, as much, I'm as big of a dick as I've been in my life at times. I have this big heart that has a lot of, I can feel, even for a guy I hate, I can feel. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, man, that's, ugh. I still wish I didn't punch him in his face or didn't do that, whatever that mm -hmm. was. Or, you know what I mean? So I know what you mean. You know, the older I get, the more the kids did a lot of that for me, too. You know, seeing, like, um, minor things happen where I'd get a little upset and see how it would affect my child. Like, oh, my God, I can't let this affect my child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I got to learn how to, uh, to process things differently. Yeah, you that's know? a big difference in the amount of patience that you need when you raise a Huge. child. And the way you, uh, I also started looking at everybody as a baby. That's the one of the weird things that happened when I started raising babies from a baby to a person. I'd met babies before, but I'd never been there from the jump. You know, I'd never seen the whole process. And when you see the whole process, there's some weird recognition that happened in my brain where everyone that I saw everywhere in life, no matter how fucked up they are, no matter how we, I recognized them as an, originally a baby. Like homeless people freak me out because of that. It doesn't necessarily freak me out because uh you know I feel like I should save them or I I, I accept their fate. I you know I accept the fact there's just too many people to to fix. But I I also see them as babies. I see them as babies that just got a shit roll of the dice. Terrible parents, bad circumstance, and then everything else that comes after that, which led them to this position, whether it's insanity or whether it's uh, drug addiction or whatever the fuck it is, crime, whatever it is that brought them to the, the place where you find them now. They started out as babies. 
That's a real mind fuck. And when I when I apply that mind fuck to human beings, I have way more compassion to people. Or well, it's gonna people. be stuck in my head now. It really changed my <laughs> world, man. It changed my world. I, I really did. It really was a, a paradigm shift. I mean, it's not that I'm always completely consistent with it. You know, I think all of us are dealing with a bunch of different pressures and stresses, and you can catch someone one day. Like I have, a, I have friends that are like always jovial and great to be around. Then you catch dude the wrong day, and everything is just short and can't handle this, and just fucking I got to get out of here. And then you see him the next day. Oh, sorry about yesterday, man. I, you know, I'm fucking. I just quit smoke cigarettes, or I lost my dog, or whatever it is. You catch them in that bad spot where they just got this. But for the most part, I think we we're we're dealing with people today that know the benefits of being nice more than anybody that's ever known it, more than anybody ever. Because the only people that you had in your life like 100 years ago were the people that were in your life physically. There was very few representations of, of life outside of the people that you got in contact with. You yeah. could read some books, but you really couldn't talk to those dudes. You can kind of get a sense of how they were living their life. But what did you see in front of you? Well, that's what you're going to base your shit on. Not today, man. Not today. Today, it's a totally different world. Today, a dude could listen to Everlast talk on a podcast about life and then contemplate that shit for the rest of his day and then tomorrow wake up with this new way of looking at the world because they've just been thinking about something that you said. They're like, God damn it, he's got a fucking point. If I just did that, maybe I would be happier. If I just did that, maybe life would be better. If I just did that, maybe I would get a better handle on who the fuck I am. And that's, that's never existed before. It's yeah. never been possible before. It happened for me here. One of the few things. One of the reasons I dig talking to you and hanging out with you so much because I get that happens to me. I'd say every, at least every other time, I'll leave here with something. It may not be earth shattering or life changing, but it'll be something mm-hmm. that I'll be able to chew on for a while. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's where we get those. We get those from talking to each other, and we get those from people that we also know are thinking about shit. Like you're thinking about shit living as you. I'm thinking about shit living as me. We come together, and then you you say something I'm like, oh, okay, I see where this motherfucker's coming from. Oh yeah, wow. And then you know maybe you'll influence something that uh, you know uh, add to an idea that I had had, or add to a, a thought that I was working on. And then someone else will come in next week, and they'll say something crazy too. And then that adds to it too. And then you repeat it on the podcast, and people start tweeting it, and then it mm-hmm. becomes a thought that gets shared with who knows how many people, th- hundreds of thousands. It's crazy. It's I almost awesome. just really now had a vision of like the entire human race. As a brain, mm-hmm. and that being that what you're saying, being like a thought starting to travel through it. What well, kind of is in a lot of ways? I mean, it's it's not not a brain necessarily, but a system, an organized system of thinking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Really, Metaphorically, would you say operating system? Yeah, so, 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 similar, but more so an organism than an operating system because an operating system can be dormant. You could just shut it off, and it sits there. This thing is a system. It's a, li- a living thinking yeah. system. And that's why when I say, like, people that think that the federal government has a handle on things, nobody's got a handle on this. This is out of everyone's control. What you're dealing with right now is massively accelerated human evolution. Human evolution of thinking and culture that's going on at an unprecedented scale. So fast that we can't recognize it while it's happening to us. And at the same time, 
technology is moving in this impossible to catch direction. It's out of everyone's hand. Now it's growing itself, and unless we get hit by an asteroid or Yellowstone blows or, or something, something that wipes out most of the people on the planet, we have to start with the cast of Swamp People. You know, the cast of those gator hunters from Swamp People, them and the narrator. They're the only people left in life. Unless that happens, unless something that fucking catastrophic happens. I could live in that world. <laughs> could you live in the Swamp I People? I could live in that world, dude. When I go watch Swamp People, I think which of those, I like those, which of those women I would fuck. If I was After trapped. a while, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but those swamp, those swamp women, they need fucking subtitles and they're speaking English. They're living in America, speaking English, and everything they say has subtitles. Yeah, the king of the swamp has always got the, the, the subtitles going on. Well, it's we that, don't get it's on that Creole that. accent thing going on. This because there is some, it's like that Creole thing is is a whole different world down there, man. Yeah. The real deal, you know what I mean? When you get back mm-hmm. in those people, that when you live back in the woods, it's a different life. Yeah, that French thing. Yeah. What was that fucking movie? There was a movie where a bunch of dudes. Okay, Brian, help me on this. Okay. There was a movie, God damn it, was it Burt Reynolds? Was it, it wasn't Deliverance. Was Deliverance, no. No. There was a movie about Creoles and dudes that got crazy and shot at some dude they thought it was fun, and they shot at some dude in the swamp, and then the, those people started hunting them. Was it, wait, 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 was it, uh, uh, was it like army in training in the swamp? Yes. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Yes. Of this. I know the movie you're talking about. Yes. Though. Uh, God uh, they were damn they it. were reserves. They were reserves. Yeah. Army reserves. They were training in the in the, in the Louisiana swamp, and yes. they took a shot at some. I remember that movie. Yes. That was crazy. Please. Oh, people, what was the name of that movie? Tweet the name of that fucking movie. Oh. I know you people know. What Somebody's that movie got it is. out there. They'll that's gonna that's gonna make me crazy if we'll, you, we don't get we'll, that. We answer. will get that. We will get that. Oh. I guarantee you, we will get that. James, I can see him with the ponchos and things. Southern comfort. Southern comfort. God damn, that's a good movie. Who is in Southern I'm, I'm Comfort? I'm Netflixing that bitch oh, tonight, I'm, man. I am too. That got me scared as fuck. Those fucking badass hillbillies. Yeah, you don't fuck around. That's like uh, them hillbillies, man. 1981. <laughs> that made me Keith think of that Patrick, Patrick Swayze movie with the hillbillies. It's only got a 7.2 on the IMDb. How dare you? How dare you? That was greatness. That was a good movie. This is a Walter Hill movie. Oh, shit. That's incredible. That movie, I didn't know man. that was a Walter Hill movie. Holy shit. Wow, Walter Hill did Aliens, right? I thought Aliens was... No, no. that's Ridley Scott, right? Yeah, Wasn't that's he involved Scott. in it? I think he was involved in it somehow. Possibly. Yes, he is. Was he? He was... Uh... Does it say Aliens? Yeah. Maybe a producer or something like that? Like that. Aliens was John Carpenter, right? Didn't John Carpenter direct it? I thought it was, was Ridley really Scott, Scott, man. No, he did. Alien, oh, right? Oh, oh, Aliens. You're talking about... Yeah. Is that the second one? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, it was originally meant to direct Alien. He was originally meant to direct Alien, but he didn't. Oh, he's a producer in Alien. Is he? Yep. Okay. But so really, Scott did direct the Aliens. Yeah. He also. I thought did, he did the first two. He yeah, also did uh, Hard Times with Charles Bronson, son. Hard Times. That's a strong movie. Did he produce it or direct it? I don't know what he did, but he worked with uh, Charles Bronson on Hard Times. He just says it here. He's, it's a quote where he's talking about working with Charles Bronson. 
Oh, I see. There's a list of movies he's directed, but yeah. Okay. The, a shitload. 48 Hours, Brewster's Millions, Crossroads. Brewster's Millions. Red Heat, <laughs> Johnny Handsome, another 48 Hours. Johnny Handsome. Is that um Michael... Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Oh, I the Warriors. The deformed dude, they robbed banks or something like that. Uh, Really? Rob Banks? I think it was Banks they robbed. Wow. So Southern Comfort, man. Yeah, I remember as soon as that, so I was like, so oh, cold. I know what you're talking about. I mean... That's a good drink too. Do you, you ever drink Soco? Yeah, yeah I dude, I, I drank wild turkey. I've been d- doing shots of wild turkey lately. Turkey. And That's a little too much, man. I'm a Jack Daniels guy. That's like Jack Daniels on steroids. No, that's what happened to me. I got so sick with Jack Daniels, so I switched to turkey and it almost killed me because it's 101 at most bars too. Yeah, because they always have the 101. That shit's very, very, very strong. Yeah. Keith Carradine, Powers Booth. Remember Powers Booth? Yeah. And Fred Ward, son. Remo Williams. Whatever happened to Remo Williams, the, the adventure begins. Remo Williams it is a never bad continued. Koreans got a big boost because of uh, yeah, Remo li- Williams. The little man was <laughs> the man. He was the man, yeah. dude. <laughs> he would fuck people up with his fingertips. That whole thing on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, the, a squad of National Guard in an isolated Louisiana swamp must fight for their lives when, they're ang- when they angle local Cajuns by stealing their canoes. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, they, got, they got they got separated or lost or something, and they a certain group of them, and they they did that. They did shoot at somebody though. They, they did shot, shot at, somebody at somebody, and one of them killed them. One of them shot one of their boys, yeah. and then it was on. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good movie. I, I remember liking that movie. I was pretty young movie. though. I'm gonna rewatch it, see if it holds up. That was a very good, and then another fucking good movie that is kind of cliche is Deliverance. Another similar movie. That's when yeah. Burt Reynolds was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. I put up a link on my Twitter the other day of a 70-year-old bodybuilder. Pull this fucking clip. Pull this clip. You, you, you won't believe this. Put, just, just do YouTube 70-year-old bodybuilder, this black dude. And all I could think of is I watched uh, that show Fast and Loud. You ever watch that show Fast and Loud? Car guys, they build cars, and they they, the guy uh, Bill Burr has a really funny bit. I don't know if it's a bit, but he he talks about it really funny. They um they they're always like buying cars off people and then fixing them up and reselling them. And the guy's always like, uh, "How much you want for the car?" The guy's like five thousand five. I mean, I was hoping you were going to say two, and then they, they, you know, anyway, they go and they build this uh, Smoking the Bandit car, one of those old school Trans Ams. They go to visit Burt Reynolds at his home to get him to sign the car. Dude, Burt Reynolds is only 78 years old, okay? So he's only eight years older than this guy who's in this video lifting weights, and Burt Reynolds looks like he's dying. Look at this guy! This motherfucker's 70. Back that up, back that up. Play that back again. Hold on, you got to see the, the beginning of it. Look at this guy's body. This motherfucker is 70 years old. Are you shitting me? He's doing deadlifts. He's fucking 70. He's 70. 7-0. I mean, his face looks kind of 70-ish. But nah. god damn, son, that dude's chiseled. I don't I, care if I, he's if on. If you saw him in the street, I put him 50-ish. Yeah, like a hard 50. And a hardcore 50, too. Yeah. Like, you're a bad motherfucker for yeah. 50. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's 70. Wow. Just swole to the gills. Burt Reynolds is only eight years older than this guy, and when Burt Reynolds was in his driveway, he looked so bad. He was hunched over. See if you could pull up Burt Reynolds on Fast and Loud. See if there's a YouTube clip of it online anywhere. But it was so depressing, man, because I was a huge fan of Burt Reynolds when I was a kid. He, you know, Deliverance especially. That was a fucking phenomenal movie. That was his first movie. Hooper. 
Hooper. That's right. Of course, Smokey and the Bandit. Those were fun movies, man. When I found out that he was depressed. Sharky's Machine. Sharky's Machine. That's right, with that hot Italian bitch. Who was that hot Italian I bitch? Domino or something like that. Wasn't that her name? She was a prostitute he fell in love with, and he was just a cop. I forget. Some crazy shit. <laughs> you find it anywhere? It's, it's sad, man. Look at him. There he is. Back it up a little bit so you can see him. I mean, they didn't show too much of him, I think, because they were trying to not depress everybody. But he's, like, got this cane, and he's he looks so so old, man. It's weird. And they had him at the areas looking. Last time I looked, yeah. Is that my car? Well, it could be. <laughs> this is selling cars. How you doing, sir? Richard Rawlings. Hi, Richard. Nice to see you. I like your show. Right on. Thank you, sir. Very nice to see you. Bert, Aaron Coffin, nice to meet you. Hi, Aaron. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, he's got the, that the hunch. He came by the other day, and uh, I could see you. He got it in, though, dude. Yeah. Bert oh, got it in. Yeah. That's, that's, no doubt. that's wear and tear he put on those bones. You know well, he was a football player when he was young, and uh, I know he he had a, some serious uh, back injury, too, right? It looks like he? he just got too many blowjobs, and he's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's he stuck in that in. curl, that orgasm. Curl. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, God damn. How much pussy and cocaine that body is? <laughs> Oh, no, right? Run through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, he had some pretty serious back injuries in the in the two thousands. Yeah, poor guy, man. It's it's hard. It's he hard. Trying, he was trying to pick up Lonnie Anderson's titties. That that's heavy. Wasn't that his chick for a long oh, time? Oh, he had a pill addiction. That's it. That's where it is, man. Yeah. That shit will rob you of your fucking vitality quicker than anything. Yeah. Yeah. He had back surgery and then he got addicted to pills after the back surgery. <sighs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you can avoid it, if there's any way to avoid it, don't get your back operated on. I mean, sometimes you have to do it, but always do it and take it from me personally. I, I was advised to get back surgery, and I went against it. And now I don't have any back pain anymore. My, I, I cured it up totally. I had numb fingers, pain throughout my ulnar nerve, down through my elbow, everything. And I was seriously thinking about it. Because if they cut you, you know, you heal up in a couple of months, whatever, and you're, you know, you don't have any pain anymore. All that numbness is gone. The bulging disc is sticking. But there's other ways to go about some of them. Not all of them, but some of those injuries, there's other ways to go about it. But so many doctors want to cut you right away. They just want to cut you. And I know not everybody can go through all the shit that I went to rehab it. I'm, I'm well aware that I have the kind of free time that allows me to seek out different kinds of therapy and, you know, go get traction and get one of those things in my house that I hang by my ankles and hang by my neck from a that. doorway. But when I see people that have had surgeries, man, it seems to work out bad so often. So many, and obviously a back injury is fucking bad, period. If you got some shit that's fucking with your spine, that's not good, period. No matter what, whether it's an injury or whether it's a surgery. It's like that whole area is just so delicate. Going in there and cutting it. And that's, that was a, there's another recent article about pill addiction, about how many people who go in for like some serious surgery and then get on some pills because yeah. the doctor prescribes it for them. How many people have like real withdrawals? Super common. Like re well, most people get through it, but real common that they have a hard time. I'm not unsympathetic to that, but it's also this. It's these people use the pills beyond the need for them. All right. Because I was on Delauded, which is like that drugstore cowboy. Yeah. What they all freaked up. That's the shit of all shit. And I remember being in the hospital for my heart surgery afterwards and learning I was on this machine. They had me on this machine that I could 
medicate myself every so often, and your brain starts to hear when it clicks over that you can go, like you know when you can hit it again. And I went, and I would always, <sighs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was fucking, it was unbelievable. Yeah. All right? And then I remember asking what it was. And Drugstore Cowboy happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time. So when they told me Delarded, I was like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm, I literally was like in the hospital thinking, I'm fucked because this feels good. And I know as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to want more of this shit. Yeah. And I, I expressed a concern to the doctor. And the doctor told me, look, as long as you're using pain medication to, to actually mask pain, you can't get addicted to it. It's the minute you use it and that pain isn't, it's not to control the pain. Like if you, it's hard to explain what he, the way he told me, but that's basically the, the layman's terms of it is like, as long as it's really masking actual pain, you're not going to get addicted to it. It's when you, like the pain gets a little less, but you still think, oh, let me just take a little edge off it. And you stay on that same strength painkiller uh. instead of weaning yourself off. Like that's why you should be monitored the whole time you're, if you're taking pain medication. I don't believe in them sending you home with an army of fucking pills because nobody first of all you can mess up just in your sleep by if you had a little pain you took a pill earlier but you're a little loopy and you don't know you took that pill next thing you know you're taking three of them a night and that you know sometimes accidentally you get hooked on them but some people just say like these feel so good and i'm so comfortable on my fucking couch let me keep taking them because i got 30 extras that i don't need yeah you know what i mean they, they, they're so quick to fucking pass those bitches out oh some, yeah some doctor's offices too oh, yeah. I, I went to a great doctor for my nose I had a deviated septum repaired, and I had no fucking pain. When I tell you no pain, I'm not trying to be a tough guy. When it was over, there was nothing. Like, I'm sure while he was cutting me, if I was awake, it would have hurt like fucking shit. But after it was over, there was not much. It was a little swollen and weird, but he gave me two fucking painkiller prescriptions. Two. For two different things. I had my wisdom teeth pulled. Same kind of thing. Excellent doctor, right? He prescribed me like 60 Vicodins. The next day, I was eating burritos. It was like, wow, this is, I was expecting this worst pain in my life. Everybody yeah. told me this was going to be the worst thing ever. The wisdom teeth getting pulled. was I was, I was prepared for hell. And I woke up the next day and was like, this is great. <laughs> and I literally had those pills in my, in my cabinet forever until I figured out, and this was like 20-something years ago, that... A half a Vicodin and a, and a glass of whiskey is a good time for a while, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I came very close to becoming, like, kind of strung out there on pills until I caught myself literally like, wait a minute, this is getting out of hand. I'm, and I was able to just, you know, I, was, I, I luckily have that kind of personality. I've never been a really super addictive personality, so I've been able to recognize a few times when I got close to, like, this could get out of hand. Yeah, luckily, man. I tell people, like, I smoked crack once. What was that like? It was it was bananas. It was like the craziest, greatest rush for like 35, 40 seconds. Yeah. And then it was gone. And it was like, I wanted more. And a guy I used to live with was a crack. I won't even call Enthusiast. him a dealer, a seller. He just kind of sold it. He wasn't even dealing cause he wasn't even doing very well with crack. And that's a, you know, I don't even understand. But <laughs> so like one night I was just kind of chipped off a piece and I, I smoked some crack, man. I was curious, man. But I recognized right away, yo, I can I know why people lose their lives behind this shit. Didn't in their you smoke crack? Yeah. What was that like? I I didn't like it. I thought it was just it smelled weird. And the smell is off putting. Yeah. yeah. The it, taste is not good. But like the rush I got yeah. it from it, I was like, whoa! For like a few and literally thirty seconds, 
And then it was kind of like gone, but you wanted it to happen again. And I was just like, nah, I ain't fucking going there again, man. It was, I'd rather, I remember thinking I'd rather do cocaine. Because it like took, we took our cocaine and made crack. And I forget how to do it, like baking that soda. Free you base. did it? You, you did free it with base. your friends? Oh, free base? That's free base. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, crack. crack is just like automatic, like pre-made free base. That's okay. basically what crack is. Uh, I free base. Yeah. What's the difference between crack and freebase? Nothing. It's just no difference at all. No, it's, they figured out a better way to uh, easier, cheaper way to make the freebase. Like you had to have ether and all this other shit. And I don't know. Was it Freeway Rick Ross? You, have you ever had him in? Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah, we had him on a couple. Yeah, that's times. right. I was going to say it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's the guy who actually invented the way they make crack on the stove, but he's one of the early uh, early pioneers of it. Well, he's certainly one of the early pioneers of uh, the the business aspect of it. Hell yeah, dude! It talks about the money that he made during the the glory days. But he's the, go- the, but the government up up isn't now. isn't doing that, right, Joe? No, the government <laughs> wouldn't have anything to do with that. That's why the government was not involved in selling drugs in the inner cities of Los Angeles to fund the Contras versus the, <laughs> the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. They weren't doing that. Yeah, no, despite they what that. Oliver North says, yeah, and Congress yeah. proved. Yeah. Who 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 got how did they find out that they were uh, selling drugs? It was it was all in that Oliver North scandal. It's yeah, revolved around that and the Rick, whole Rick Ross Eastern thing. Yeah, was the guy Rick Ross was the fucking guy who was mm. in in charge of all that shit in Los Angeles. And, and well, it's your audience, so they already know. I don't have to qualify that it's not the rapper who stole, no. who stole his identity. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, dog. Fifty Cent did the same thing. Just did his he? his drug dealer's dead. Really? Yeah, 50 Cent is a famous, famous drug dealer in New York. No shit. Yes, absolutely. Did you know that? Yes. I think I did, yeah. yes. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay-Z is a guy named Jazzo, right? Who is a, a hood. No, Jazzo, I think that Didn't was come his, from him? his partner. Like, there used to be a rapper, Jazzo, and Jay-Z was his DJ way back in the day. Oh, see, I had thought it was that Jazzo. I don't know much about Jay-Z's if they were drug dealing and whatnot back then. I don't. I w- I'm not hip to that part. Mm. But they had a hit like Jazzo had a song way back called Hawa- Hawaiian Sophie. Hawaiian. It was, Sophie. It was like big at the time. It was like for the era. It was a hit for sure. He was supposed to be a really good rapper. Too, he wasn't. Right? He still probably is. There's a lot of guys that have slipped through the cracks that people. I mean, regardless of cool I mean, G rap, I'm sure Jay. Even at this point, would acknowledge that you know some of his beginnings come from Jazzo's styles of of rap. Well, everybody gets influenced by somebody else. Absolutely, everybody. I mean, I always give up the uh, my, my influences. But Boston comedians, Kennison, like without all those people that I was. Jazzo by. is actually, you know, that song ain't no nigga like the one I got. Yeah, Jazzy does, he sings. I believe he's the guy singing in the hook. No really? one can do it better. If he's not the guy actually singing it in the video, that's him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to Big Daddy Kane? He's still around, man. He's doing it. Yo, Big Daddy Kane ain't making records, but I'll tell you like this. As far as rap shows go, I guarantee you he's still putting on one of the best rap shows around. Really? So he just does the old, like, classics. Does all his classics, but it's like he still has his dancers. They they do, like, a classic. Like I would call it, like, almost like a Vegas... If, if if there was a hip-hop Vegas act kind of thing, it's kind of that. But not cheesy in any way, but, like, there's a classic... Classicality? Is that Mm -hmm. a word? To it. Like the two dancers, it's like an era. He represents it, and it's a great show. Dude, how about EPMD? That's another band you don't hear about anymore. Yeah. Well, they had a lot of internal problems and broke up and got back together and broke up. Yeah. I I like EPMD, first of all, because whenever the dude is a badass rapper and also has a speech impediment and is a badass revelation. Yeah, he's got a lisp and just spitting dope rhymes with no apologies yeah. for his lisp. No, nope. you know, yeah. and and it's good, dude. Well, the first one to do that was Cool G Rap. 
Cool G Rap was great. Man. Cool G Rap. He had the craziest list of all. He had the craziest lisp of all. Did he really have a lisp? He had a crazy lisp, man. I didn't know he had a you, lisp. Did you ever hear Open like Anthony talk his... about Michael Blue Blaze lisp? That's the best. Because it's every single song he talks like this. And Open Anthony put oh, this, down like the, his the guy who does all the uh, standards and stuff? Yeah. yeah okay. I didn't I know the really Cool G ch- Rap had a, ri- a lisp. Oh, yeah. Pull up a Cool G oh, Rap pull up, song. Pull up. Pull up. Talk uh, like sex. Pull up Cock Blocking. That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Pull up Cool G Rap cock blocking. He's, he's got a great song about trying to bang this chick and her son is cock blocking. <laughs> all, all sorts of. Remember that? I remember it. Dude, Cool G Rap was one of my favorites. Something, he just fell off. I don't know what happened. Hey, it's, just, you know, it's like one of them things. It's just, it was an era and it, you know. Yeah, but he hip hop is like one of the, it's a youth sport. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I try to tell me. Why did you, why you ain't rapping like you used to? I still rhyme. I put it in my songs. I work it into what I do. My my version of hip hop and stuff. It's like, but to chase the the adoration of the youth that buys hip hop right now is, is ridiculous for me because I'm a 44 year old man. Cool G rap and DJ Polo. Yeah, operations. The song. It's called operations. Uh, operation CB. This action usually results in broken friendships. The following is this is for the S's. This girl will be here in a minute. The bitch got a nice ass and I'm trying to get in it. Cool, that's all right, but why you telling me this shit? To make sure you don't mind chilling out while I hit. No, nigga, I just turn on the TV set. Get paid, get the scans, get some pussy, get your dick wet. All right, bet, because my dick is hard as hell. Brings back memories. The bitch is ringing on my bell. This is great. You don't hear the list? No. Here, take a seat. I'll introduce you to my friend. Now everything is going to court and the plan. It's a crazy list, man. It's a great song, man. This dude is like one of the revolutionaries of style in rap. Like, Cool G Rap, KRS-One, and Big Daddy Kane really changed rap. And Chuck D. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those Because before that, it was like the Run DMC, kind of just straight cadences. And these guys all had different these different styles that they started working in. And that's where a lot of everybody else started branching out and realizing like there was more than one way to rhyme and one way to rap like the yeah cool g rap big daddy kane krs1 and chuck d they they're the ones they're the forefathers of everything that goes on lyrically now i i, I agree and i feel like there's there's something missing on like a lot of people want to do this sort of uh this this hip-hop Hip-hop has changed in a lot of ways today where there's a lot of stuff that they're calling hip-hop that almost seems like dance music to me that's, that's what it is it's it's Hip hop has been, you know, it's been co-opted, man, by the money. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. money. There was there was money around back when these songs were being made, but it wasn't ridiculous money that could. It wasn't millions and billions. It was thousands. You know right. what I mean? It's like we were getting thousands of dollars back in the day, thinking like we're balling, man. Right. I got a Nissan Sentra and a gold rope, motherfucker. What's the first what? shit you bought? What's the first <laughs> shit you bought when you started getting paid? Probably like a gold chain from the Sloss and Swap meet. <laughs> Vortex bomb. <laughs> You know I mean? Vortex bomb? What's that? <laughs> Remember the bongs? The vortex bongs with the you, you had the uh tattoo of the vortex clown. Or the vortex graphics. I'm sorry. Graphics. graphics. Okay, there you go. Yeah, vortex. it's not a graphics clown. It's just uh I still have that. I drew that when I was like twenty one. Yeah, yeah it reminded it. me of it though, It looks like Eddie. It's so old now and it's faded. It's kind of like Eddie's face with well, a clown gonna, hat on. I'm going to get Aaron Delavadova to fin- finish the Musashi and fi- figure out what to put at the top of it. He's the same guy who's done both of my arms. I just got to get this bitch lasered off. 
It's, it's, done. it's light. You can go over there, dude. Yeah, I don't want it, though. I, I, he prefers not to. Aaron likes to have a clean slate. He's a perfectionist. He doesn't like to have to draw some shit that he doesn't want to draw just because there's some old ink there. He's like, it's no big deal. Just get it lasered a couple times. He's like, it's pretty old. It'll get off pretty quick. Mm. Then you wait three months and then get to work. I just have to design or rather uh, come up with the idea and send it to him, whatever my idea is, and he'll design what the top is. You got to figure out what to do. Check out this. This, this is what Obi and Anthony was talking about, Oops, uh, the Michael Buble list. You can keep that fucking song going on in the background. <laughs> Make Buble sound tolerable. But it's it's ridiculous. Debbie, this is Jake Sterling. This is Debbie, my man. Check out this list. Right when he does that, I got a word on his string. I got the word on a string. I'm sitting on a rainbow. I got that string around my finger. No, what a world, what a life. I am in life. Are you we know, gonna get pulled off YouTube for this? You know what? I think that probably. Are we gonna because we have that clip on there? No. Yeah. Oh, these cunts. It, um, it doesn't seem like no, it, it does. You know what? I, I'm just thinking. I think Opie and Anthony got sent a fake audio file because they like broke it down and they have it always yeah. on the replays. I was gonna say it's kind of essay, but yeah. it's not really no. a list. The, yeah. the, the like one Cool that, G raps is yeah. Fay yeah. talk like Fex. I don't, you know I, mean? I don't hear that. That's weird. You got to hear more of his songs. Pull I'm telling up you, EPMD. But he made Strictly it. Business. You got to understand. He made it, it. Him and Eric Sermon are comparable. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think Eric Sermon put it on a little bit more though because Cool G Rap like I think there was Cool G Rap was before that. Really? Oh, yeah. No shit. I'm not saying he made up this the thing. I just think he let it go a little bit more, whereas Cool G Rap might have worked to like try to not have it as bad when he was recording. Cool G Rap's one of my all time. Eric Sermon just let it go. Angry. He said, I got a lift and that's what it's gonna be. I I'm a big fan. Relax your mind, let the contents be free and get down to the sound of EP. <laughs> Let me hear it. Hear it. Play it. the MC Wap. Go take a nap. Stay awake and watch the show I take because right now I'm about to shake and bend. D-I-C-K is my name, my spell. Things to the clientele, yo, I walk well. It's jam now, dude. This has got too much tongue and too much lips. They're struggling. sound like a song. I just get down and I go for my sing. Check one, two, one, two, one, down. That was the jam now right there. Rakim was one of the best. He's another one that these young kids don't re- they don't respect enough. Rakim, oh, follow the leader. Oh, he was the guy. Wait, you know what? Ago? He was off oh, my yeah. list. You know what? Actually passed it. That's one that was missing off that list. He was really? the fifth. Yes, he should have been on that list for sure. I, I totally spaced on him. We just did three hours. Yeah. He is the like. There's no Nas without Rakim. Period. Nas. And Nas would definitely agree to that. He would. He he is definitely one of the fathers of. Rewind. Modern lyricism. Nas, you got me yeah. turned on to Nas Rewind, and that's one of my favorite songs. It's brilliant, right? Yeah. The way he set it up, going from the bullet back into the gun, the whole thing, taking oh, yeah. the yeah, the yeah. events and re- playing them backwards. One mic record, right? Yeah. One mic and all that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. he had some good shit, man. He Nas has some good shit. Stillmatic man. was that the name of that album? Mm-hmm. Stillmatic. The yeah. first album, his album is universally the first album is universally recognized as one of the great albums of Illmatic. all time. Elmatic, yeah. yes. Yeah, he went through a period where his stuff wasn't nearly as good for a while. It was interesting. You know, but it, what happened with him? I think the the feud with him and uh, Jay Z like sort of inspired him to get better because Jay Z called some of his shit garbage, and like 
you know, Nas was like, whoa, yeah. like, wait, you know, they had this thing back and forth, and then they got together, and yeah, then they worked it out. the Ether song was ridiculous. Yeah, the Ether was, but uh, he went after him. I just think Nas was doing things and got, you know, he made some money. You got to remember, he made that first album when he was like 17 or something, man. Yeah, yeah. Like a classic all-time for the ages album at 17 or 18 years old, tops. Yeah. yeah he when has... he was on his first record with Main Source, I think he was like 16 or 15, and he like destroyed everybody on it. Yeah. Live at the barbecue. <laughs> he said, when I was 12, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? Yeah, he, he has some of the greatest lyrics of all time. Some of the greatest, most thought-provoking lyrics yeah. of all time. That whole first album and many albums of his since were great, but that first one psh, was just dumb. It's like when you capture it in the can, the lightning, and you got you know all of it's perfect. That, al- heard, that album is damn near perfect. You ever seen the one, there's one album that is not universally thought of as being one of his best, but the one with him with, with the uh, the Sphinx face. What is, it, what is it, like some sort of Egyptian motif? Is that the one with uh, You Can Hate Me Now and all that on there? I don't remember. I, I don't know album names as well as I know the songs But he's got a them. song on it called um, there's, there, there's Welcome to the New World. It's one of my favorite Nas songs that nobody ever talks about. And it's it's him talking about. Let me see. Let me find his um, his Wikipedia here. It's it's a song you never hear people talk about, but it's him talking about the. Is that it was written? It might be. It might be. That I think you might be right. Let me see I here. I am. See if you can or find Brian. Right. See if it, we'll 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 end with this. How much time we got left? Uh, seven minutes. Seven minutes. You're how on much, timers how, now. Well, at three hours, return to a pumpkin. Yeah. Oh. We only have three hours. At three hours, the recording's over. Play, uh, play we used some to go, of. Uh, I can remember a couple times. Three we, hours. We went longer than three hours. No, dude, we crushed it today. Today we went. We accelerated time. <laughs> we made three hours seem like two hours. I, I thought he was wrong. If I, I rolled the road, is that song? No, 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 no. It's called uh, "Welcome to the New World." Welcome to the New World. Welcome to the New World. There Do you find it? Yeah. Let's go out yeah. on some Nas then. Yeah, li- listen to this shit because this is like. Back when Roy Jones Jr. was the baddest motherfucker on earth. This is like some, I think it was like the 90s. I want to say 90s. Is this 90s? 90. But it's about technology and the future and like where, where, uh, where the vague, world's going. I think I know the song you're talking about, but I have to hear it to be refreshed. Oh. It's really it's interesting because um, it's on it's the see, Africa song. I think this is in the era when like he was going with production that I think more of the labels and stuff were looking for that pop appeal. I think he wasn't picking his beats wisely in this little era that he got. I think that's when the only time he got slowed down is when his, I think some wrong choices were made. I don't think it had anything to do with his stuff or his lyricism. Yeah. Like, I, see, this is like, I've never been a fan of outright ripping old songs. Like this. Yeah, right, I've yeah. never been a fan of it. I mean, if you do it cleverly and like, like there's there's producers like, guy like DJ Premier that would take something like that and chop it up into smaller pieces and turn it into something new. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. But when you just take an entire riff and like mm-hmm. recreate it and kind of almost copy the song but just make it into a rap like verses with like even steal their hooks, you know? What right. I mean? like they I think Pac did it with like Bruce Hornsby, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I that never been a fan of those things. Right. Like that's yeah. been that's probably why that song wasn't so prevalent in my mind. I yeah, I'm a real big fan of what he's saying in it. I, I get think I it's fantastic, it. but I agree with you. It's not the best beat. It's kind of annoying to listen yeah, to. Yeah, there was a little era of his where it got too the production got too clean for me. 
Mm. Like Nas should be on a grimy ass beat. So, like, <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Like, yes. he went, once he came back with Ether, and then he came back with the, the where he chopped up Apache for that made you look. Yeah. And yeah. that's where he should be sitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think the record labels and people got to him and radio and the success. You want to when you're young and you first get success, you want to. You're listening to the people around you, and yeah. they're telling you you got to copy that to keep getting your success. You know, yeah. and, and you become either one of two things. You know, a guy that a band that just makes that formulaic album every time, and you'll have some success for a while, or you fall off the face of the planet. You know what I mean? Or you go back to what you know and be the genius you are, and don't trust what everybody else is saying, and trust your guts. And Nas, I'm sure he even knew he needed to be on the beat. He's back where he should be. He's been there for a minute now. Yeah, he's back completely. His last few uh, CDs were fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's his, since Ether. I think yeah. I've been enjoying ever since. I think you're right about. It. I think Jay Z definitely sparked some fire under his ass for sure. Yeah, I think when someone calls you garbage, you just go. Well, well there was what? a lot more said than that. I don't know how close yeah. attention you paid, but there's a lot of things about people's babies, mamas getting fucked oh. and like you know like jay even apologized on radio in new york there's a lot of like hip-hop little folklore around that beat. <laughs> like his mom jay's mom supposedly made him go on the air and apologize for some of the shit he said oh you know, shit. So, there's a yeah. lot of that going around there was a lot more than just uh raps going on but there. it's it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier that you said that you need a producer you need someone to argue with sometimes a guy as good as nas he needs even argue with challenge me yeah, yeah like you know be, that's not as good as it could be or that maybe that's not the right choice for that song and and if the way I've always looked at it is if I was passionate enough about it and it was supposed to be in there, I would fight for it. Right. But if you brought it up and I even question and even for a thing, second, take it in and say maybe, then may, then it deserves to be mulled over and thought about. It's also when you can find out whether or not your representation is right for you. Because if they don't know what you're doing, they try to change what you're doing. Like right. Ari had a problem with a dude that was working with him. Where uh, he has Ari has this fucking hilarious bit that w- really happened when he was on this long walk over this giant bridge in Sydney, and he had to take a shit like in the middle of this. Br- and he, there's no turning back. He was going to shit his pants. Something was gonna happen no matter what he did. There's no turning back. You're in the middle of this bridge. It takes an hour to walk back to where the fuck you were. Uh, so he's like stuck, and it's it's a hilarious bit. And his his. Man, I don't know who it was. They were like, "You got to drop that. It's a shit joke. You shouldn't do shit jokes." He was like. What? Like, did you pay attention to that? Like, that's a, that's a joke about being a human being yeah. and being in a real situation that acts. Get the fuck out of here! And he got rid of the dude. People have made careers out of shit jokes, man. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with a shit joke if it's a good one. Hell no. Every joke, every subject is on the the, the menu. If it's Mr. Funny, Hanky would never have existed if somebody listened to that. Exactly. <laughs> Hi-ho. Exactly. And on that note, hey. <laughs> Thank y'all. Keep donating, please. Uh, the link is on my Twitter. I'm going to keep tweeting it. I put it up as well. I there, put the link up there recently. There we go. And I'll have you do it some more, please. I, I will, I will bug you in a couple days it's and then a couple days after that. I will help. No doubt. No All doubt. Right. And uh, let, let let everybody know. If you uh, if you got it and you've seen it on my Twitter, please retweet it. Get it out please, there. Please. Uh, it's help only, me. Help only me out doing here, folks. good things, ladies and gentlemen. Let I'm a daddy know. asking for help. Exactly. Let everybody know that it's uh, it, it really is positive. Really, as possible, rather, to We're spread close. something positive. And it's very close to curing this disease. You can actually claim to have helped cure this disease. I, 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 my bets are within 10 years they are going to have this wrapped up. I believe you. Follow Everlast on Twitter, OG Everlast on Twitter. That's OG Everlast on Twitter. And where can they see you in uh, Australia? Australia. I'll be all over the place. Uh, there'll be dates uh, all up on, on my Twitter and all that stuff and the Instagram little posts. Uh, you know, come check me out. I'll be in Europe after that. And, you know, the States, I'm going to keep you all posted. 
Beautiful. Dude, always a blast. Always a great time. Anytime. Thank you so much. It's been too long since the last one. I gotta be I gotta be more diligent. <laughs> we will do it more often, without a doubt. Uh, thank you everybody. Thank you to the sponsors. Thanks to Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com and uh, enter in the code word Joe and save ten percent off your first purchase. Get a free trial and 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace.com, entering the code word Joe. Thanks also to Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, enter in the code word J-R-E, and get your no-risk trial. Twial. Twile. Eric got B's got me fucking slipping. Rode on a swing. Yeah. Follow the leader. And uh, $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and uh, up to $55 of free postage. Thanks also to Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Makers of Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, and New Mood. Use the code word ROGAN. Save 10% off any and all supplements. Um, March 15th? When am I? No, 14th. 14th, Grand Prairie, Texas. That's right outside of Dallas. With uh, Ari Shafir and Duncan Trussell. The Verizon Theater. Come get some. And then I'm in Miami, April 3rd. Um, I'm in Orlando, April 18th. With Joey motherfucking Diaz. And then I'm in Baltimore, April 25th with Joey motherfucking Diaz. And uh, Brian, what what are your shows Uh, coming out? I got a weekend at La Jolla Comedy Store. It's going to be January 28th and March 1st, which is a Friday and Saturday with Tony Hinchcliffe, Eleanor, uh, Sarah Weinshank, and a bunch of people. Good. Back in time to do that one? Yeah. Googly, moogly. The Comedy Store in La Jolla is one of the great all-time rooms. As far as the way it's designed, one of the great all-time rooms in a real stuffy community. So it's nice to go there and sling some fucking cum all over the walls. Dick pics and poop. We love the fuck out of you people. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Tomorrow, the great Ari Shafir will join us. And hopefully Wednesday, we'll have Camel McLaren, my former boss and uh, one of the original producers of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. We'll see if we can get him on on Wednesday. If not, we'll get somebody else. All right? The train rolls on. We love you, bitches. See you soon. (laughs) 